In a world overrun with an infinite amount of multiverses, originating from a plethora of sources, four longtime friends band together to try to make sense of it all and present it to an audience in an easy-to-digest podcast. This is Geeking Off the Page. Hi, I'm Troy, and yes, have some. I'm Mike Hitchin, and when I see five weirdos dressed in togas stabbing a guy in the middle of the park in view of a hundred people, I shoot the bastard. That's my policy. And I'm Trevor, and I've learned the lesson today of pain is just weakness leaving the body. Damn, it hurts. Oh, me. So, welcome. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to keep talking. Surprise, yes, have surprise. some. Welcome to Geeking Off the Page, a collection of four idiots who are going to bore you for about two hours, maybe more, maybe less. Uh, we originally met in college, and we did the same sort of thing, and we thought, you know what? We need to bring more people to listen to our madness. We need to enrich the lives of the masses. Or make it worse. It is all the same to us. Anyways, we're going to kick off with what we've been watching. Because if you want to hear about our, our spiel on coming attractions, you're listening to the wrong section of the podcast and you want to go to coming attractions. That's not this. This is. Oh, shit, I'm in the wrong podcast. Get the hell out of here, Kev. So from here, I'm going to hand out the, the reins off to Troy, and he's going to probably explain it far better than I because he probably wrote stuff down. Troy? Well, as a matter of fact, I did, Trevor. Thank you for that uh, uh, engrossing uh, introduction. And uh, so basically what it is, is we're just going to talk about uh, the stuff that we normally do talk about when we were together as, I would dare say, kids. Well, well babes. we were, we, we were uh, less immature. Well, that doesn't work either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what we're going to do is uh, right now we're going to be talking about a bunch of the stuff that we've been currently watching uh, after that we're going to be talking about some uh, news articles and then we're going to go into our big topic of uh, Ghostbusters and uh, how uh, we have reflected with uh, Ghostbusters over the years that the uh, franchise has been out there and then we'll go on to our final sequence of Adam Asks which is uh, one of our contributors that uh, Every week asks us uh, an insightful uh, question that we try and come up with insightful answers. Try to, but we'll see where that goes. So to begin with, uh, like I said, what we're watching and all that sort of thing, um, there was a bunch of series that uh, we talked about in the past that has uh, just recently been released. And uh, one of the ones is- uh, Naruto? Okay. No, Mike, it's not Naruto. You know what? If you want to talk about Naruto at the end of this, what are we watching? Because it's a, basically the sequence where what everyone's watching. And if you it's want to talk about Naruto, you go ahead. Yeah, yes. filler episodes. Will exactly. Continue. All right. So um, what we're going to be talking about is the uh, Hulu series, which uh, apparently um, up in Canada, unfortunately, we did not get it actually released to us on a normal streaming system. Um, I was able to acquire uh, the, uh, the, the first episode and all that. But uh, Mr. Trevor 
actually was able to watch the whole entire series. And um, if you don't know what uh, Hit Monkey is, it was one of those um, series that were about to be produced by Hulu uh, in the animation department. Again, it's all animated. And um, it was going to be a whole entire sequence of different shows, such as um, there was going to be a uh, Howard the Duck show. There was going to be a um, Dazzler show. Um, we did get a Modoc show, which was kind of neat because uh, we apparently did get that released in Canada. Well, on Disney Plus on the stars, but apparently Hit Monkey, which is the series we are talking about now, uh, unfortunately was not. But um, I believe I did see. Um, did uh, Gavin or Michael get to see this at least the first episode? And I I'm did getting not. we are getting no's from that. So Trevor apparently saw the whole entire series. So he'll describe the entire thing and spoil it for exactly. all of us. So exactly. we don't even need to I watch it anymore. I am not going to spoil the whole thing. Yeah. I will simply okay, just talk part about of it. parts of it so that people can view it for themselves and exactly. enjoy. Because this yeah. is a fun series to enjoy. And I will I will actually back that up. After only seeing the first episode, this definitely looks really, really fun. Yes, yes. Okay, that's good to hear. So um, we follow the uh, American hitman, Bryce Fowler, um, voiced amazingly by Jason, by Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis. Yes, yeah. And he is flown into Japan to do a job. Is After he completes the job, he is double-crossed double by his own employers. And wounded, he flees into Mount Fuji, like flees up, up Mount Fuji, and eventually comes up upon a, uh, one of the volcanic springs with Japanese snow monkeys, um, which are a real life thing. They sit in these these warm pools and they you know they groom each other and they have a whole society there. And if he I had ends a spirit up, animal, I want I'd be one of those snow monkeys. That and he somehow manages to get his, himself adopted by these snow monkeys, even though he was you know grievously wounded. Um, but there's one snow monkey that just doesn't like him, just does not like him, doesn't trust him, thinks something's right. And then before you know it, elements of the Japanese army show up, you know, working for the the uh, his his employers who have double crossed him and yeah. succeed in, in in killing him. Yes. Bryce is is shot and killed. And somehow he doesn't pass on. His ghost stays there and that one monkey that did not like him had gone off into the forest basically grumbling to itself and it comes back and these guys had these these soldiers had you know after they killed off the the the, the hitman the monkeys you know flung some feces at them so they slaughtered the entire tribe the of entire monkeys, tribe yeah yeah except for this one who comes back and picks up a gun and chaos ensues and now this monkey and Bryce are linked. The ghost of Bryce and this monkey are linked. So Bryce is giving just horrible advice. This is this is not a nice man who just has some just terrible advice to give this monkey. And before you know it, they're coming down off the mountain and he's giving, he's like, you've got to, you know, get revenge. The whole thing is you've got to get revenge. Because, you know, Bryce wants to find out why he was killed like who killed him why killed him and in the meantime he's goading the monkey on to get the monkey yeah to get revenge as well for the same people that yeah killed off his entire tribe yeah. and when he's so up to this point you know 
he's 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 this monkey has like a bag full of weapons. He's got this ghost shows up, and from there, like all force ghosts, second... like Mike, it's like a far, force ghost sort of thing. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of neat. He's talking to him. Ghost. He's giving him advice. As, yeah. yeah, they show that kind of stuff in the trailer. So yeah, yeah, yeah the trailer. It's all in the trailer for sure. And for then sure. we jump into from there. We go to Tokyo via bullet train. Um, now I'm not going to spoil the episodes, but it's this whole story is very much political layered intrigue and double crosses and betrayal and it's as hit monkey and bryce kill their way up the chain of gangsters and side characters finding out who was involved in all this and more importantly why um and we don't even get the final definitive answer as to who's responsible until the 10th episode the very last episode um and it is this this show takes you on a roller coaster because it's you know this is a japanese snow monkey but at some point they dress him in a suit and he, because he's a monkey he can use his hands and feet with equal dexterity so he's shooting with his feet he's using a katana with his feet as well as his hands um they really the, the producers of this show the writers of the show the, the storyboard artist they kind of went all out they're like let's go out as big as we can go because they're definitely not going to let us keep going and the voice the, the voice talent so i said they got jason sudeikis george takai olivia munn um yeah it's just this is a it's a great show to watch it was i had it kind of initially playing in the background as i was doing other things but i thought found my attention being drawn to the show more and more often to the point where yeah you definitely you definitely can't take your eye away from it as the other things it, i were yeah. doing was i just forcefully pushed them to the side as i just keep kept watching and the episodes aren't long they're just half, basically half hour episodes you get through them quick before you know it you're like i'm already on episode 10 how can i be here this fast um it's it's a great show it's it's such a fun show the animation is is i mean it's not top-notch animation it's, no it's definitely not i mean it's it's very um it's very stylish yeah stylish yeah 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 well, you can see that in the trailers yeah, yeah and exactly. they, they embraced yeah. that style because mm -hmm. they knew that you know they didn't have the budget to do you know fully fluid disney-esque animation it's animated so on twos <laughs> twos and threes and twos and threes, and threes yeah twos and threes yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah, it's 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 a fun story. It's some very engaging characters, yeah. and the biggest thing is, you know, in ten episodes, you get some actual character development and growth. Um, the characters aren't the same from you know the first three episodes as they are in the last three episodes, and we see a couple of surprise Marvel characters show up, which was was kind of nice. Um, That's fun. So. So, yeah. Is that spoilers if you say which ones? I can say them if you if you want me to, but um, it's not really big spoilers. Does it ruin it? Would it ruin the story? Not really, not really. I'll I'll tell you one. Lady Bullseye. <laughs> okay. Lady Bullseye shows up, and she is a fairly big part of the story. Right, I'm not cool. going to say how or in what way, but yeah. Yeah, and again, yeah, it's only ten you... episodes. Yeah. Yeah, anytime you have primates with guns, I'm in. Like, it's just fun. Nothing beats stuff, a smoking so. monkey. Yeah. And the thing is, this is a fairly recent character. So, first appearance 
was in April 2010. And I remember seeing these comic books come out on the comic shelves and I didn't buy them, but I was always flipping through them. It's like, oh, that's awesome. It's a monkey in a suit with a gun. You know, it, it's just goofy, fun stuff that you can only do in comics. And the fact that they've brought this into its own TV series, that's cool. Now, I will say this show has a, a Rotten Tomatoes approval rating of 80%. That's pretty damn good for a violent cartoon about a, a hit monkey. Yeah. So yeah, if you get have you have if you get the opportunity to watch this, please do. Mm-hmm. You're not going to Troy. Be you only saw the one episode, right? Yeah, yeah. So where are you at? So Troy uh, has seen the whole thing, and he's oh, I'm definitely everything I'm definitely, for us. Oh but... no, I'm definitely I'm definitely tuning in for more of it because um, yeah. again, it is Jason Sudeikis. Uh, the character before he passes on um, does a lot of traveling commentary on his situation. He is very um expressive of like he's he's he claims that he's trying to be an honest uh hitman sort of thing so he basically is open about all this stuff he always wants to have a conversation with someone he wants to like he's trying to talk up his driver to get him to his first location and then when he shows up in his hotel room he tries to have the bellhop stick around to like have a beer with him and all that sort of thing and so it's he's very entertaining and again it's jason sudeikis voice which is kind of cool to have in it and uh um, in this little, uh, this one episode, he, before he passes, bef- like well before, he has a face-to-face with this monkey that doesn't like him. And we actually have a conversation. We actually see translated the monkeys having a conversation amongst themselves sort of thing. How the one, the one monkey that doesn't like the, the hitman is all like, no, this guy is going to bring other guys here. And like, we can't have him here. And the big monkey is like, what, would we let him die and all that sort of thing? And so this what... is all subtitles? <clears throat> so it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. not, yeah, That's not. Awesome. It's subtitles, but it's like black with, with yellow font subtitles. Yeah, so you know exactly, it's yeah. speaking. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, great. yeah, it's, it, I mean, again, it's very stylized. Uh, there's a lot of really cool graphic uh, blood splatters and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely entertaining. For a first episode. Oh, spoilers, episode, Trevor. Yeah. For a first Those episode, are way too big. Yeah, for a first episode, it definitely has me hooked, and I'm definitely coming back for for other episodes for sure. Yeah. All right, I'm sold. But again, I, I also time. knew I also knew about the character to begin with, and when I heard that it was being developed, what three years ago or something like, easily three or four years ago, yeah. before they all fell through, and all we got was like Modok. Like we enjoyed Modok. Modok was fantastic. It was, and this is. This is more along the lines of um, the Harley Quinn animated series that yeah. Uh, the yeah that they had released. I mean that graphic. It's not as um, the course the language isn't as coarse as it is in the Harley Quinn, but graphically it, it looks like it's definitely going along that same lines. Again, the animation's not as top notch as it is, but it's still very entertaining. It's very watchable. Watch. Yeah, it's very watchable. Yeah, yeah. For speaking mature of mature audiences. <laughs> Mature audience, okay, not yeah, with the family. Your kids see it. No, it's definitely right. not a kids friendly. No, no, no. Would you show your kids the Harley Quinn show? I didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't watch it? No. Oh, oh, you're missing out on some prime. All right, sort I'm of... gonna set the kids down, and we're gonna watch it tomorrow. No, okay, no, you, you don't. Well, no, you got. He's got. Well, he definitely has older kids though. But 
your boys will definitely get a kick out of it. I, your girls might all too, because right. it's all women power and all that sort of thing. It's really actually, okay. it's very smartly done too. I mean, it turns the DC universe on its head and all that. And now we're going off on a tangent sort of thing, but it's Speaking actually- Speaking of another well tangent, you mentioned MODOK. Have you heard yes. the rumors that Jim Carrey maybe cast? Yes, maybe as cast as MODOK. For yes, the MCU? Exactly. Yeah, that is, no. that is one of the rumors, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that's kind of interesting. Side tangent. Uh, how yeah how they're going to do it is totally unknown at this point which is funny because after yeah. like uh, Patton Oswalt I you know I would have thought they would have went with him just because why not but yeah Jim Carrey Jim Carrey in there eh, why not we're making everybody else in the Marvel Cinematic Universe why not him why not exactly exactly yeah all right, so moving on to that, we have uh, another series uh, which was uh, started this uh, this week, which is actually being released on a weekly basis, which is kind of neat, right? It was a weekly basis, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Amazon Prime is uh, basically bringing us uh, Wheel of Life. And again, like we talked, uh, that's what I said. That's what I said, Wheel of Time. I'll edit that so it doesn't sound like I made it a mistake. Oh, yeah, we can make totally a fool fix myself. that in post. Yes, exactly. I can totally fix it, fix it in post. <laughs> I won't, but I'm going to say will never make a fool of himself. Exactly. Look at his no. hat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but um, yes, have some. So again, we had this uh, discussion a couple of weeks ago when the trailer first dropped and Trevor went into his uh, explanation of the whole entire uh, series of books and all that. And yes, yes. What me, Trevor do that. Um, but uh, so this is um, this is kind of cool. This this first episode that they showed, um, which has a lot of um exposition in it but it's it's rooted in a well-told storyline for a first episode because they introduce you to a crap load of characters in this first episode alone and again it's only like an hour long it's not even like well it's just shy i think it's like 57 minutes or something yeah, like that something right? like which if this is going to be the runtime of all the episodes hey i'm all for it uh it looks so who gorgeous I'll, I'll watch this one was that both Troy, oh, Gavin did as well. Okay, excellent. All right. Right. So, so this is totally like freak pit times where it's like I'm late to the party. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, keep so, going. Yeah. So I mean, okay, you you go, Gavin. You didn't say anything about uh what we did with the hit monkey. Uh you go. What what did you think of this first episode of it? Um, so I, I'm coming in very fresh. Uh or yeah, as I am too. From, as I am too. Yeah. Uh I read the first a few books years and years and years back okay and i'm coming I, even I, fresher <laughs> so i i remember some of the names but it was uh but uh during the the intro the, some of them were starting to come back um and so i'm, I'm starting to go like, oh okay that's that guy oh that's 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 her oh that's her um so it, it was starting to, to feel a little more familiar um although again very like just fresh eyes on the on 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 this as the I, i'm almost treating it as though I, I i haven't read the books at this point because i i forgot so much of the story uh but what i've what i've seen uh felt like it was uh it, it's worth watching um there's a there's a lot of stuff that were on tv or like you know where they where they've kind of done all of the tropes for fantasy you know the uh you know it, the, the village is attacked and uh you know the the special one and all this stuff but uh, i just they they it was done in such a way that it it felt uh pretty fresh in terms like for for the modern audience 
so far, it's a little bit. Felt some some of the acting felt a little wooden, but I mean they're just, they're pretty much just you know figuring themselves out for the like, for the first time I think. Uh, but overall, I liked it. Um, the uh, uh, the 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 light caster. What, what's your name, Trevor? What's your oh, name? Uh, oh God, what's her name? She's the Ace of Die. I I really Marie. enjoyed, yeah. I, I really enjoyed how 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 she was gathering her her magic, like the using the light to to uh, pull the spells together, and uh, how it wasn't just like you know this the the D the D tropes of uh, of you know fire blasts and well there was one fire blast, but it there was uh, it, it wasn't magic quite missile as, uh, exactly. <laughs> You know, it just it it, it, it felt like a, a different fireball. On, on fireball. Magic. <laughs> you can solve anything with a fireball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I I, I enjoyed the first uh, the first the the first uh, episode. Uh, the the bad guys. I, I I was a little concerned there was going to be a lot of uh, you know CGI and stuff, but it felt like there was a lot of uh, like real uh, like you know practical effects for the for, for the. Like some of the uh, some of the bigger monsters running by, they they look they looked like they were wearing like you know the the, the supports, like for digigrade legs kind of thing. It just uh, it just looked looked pretty good. I, I I was I was quite impressed. And again, this is one of those uh, productions that is being done by Amazon. They're filling other fronting all the money for it, so their production company is working on it, um, which is kind of mind-boggling that they did this and now the new lord of the rings one which is coming out soon uh looks like they've spent what like 10 million dollars just on like the first season alone or something like that for the lord of the rings which is a prequel to what we know of the stories and all that but yeah no this was very this was very enticing i mean i I'm glad that I have someone in this household that wants to watch it along with me who also has read the series as well, like Trevor. So she's going to be my guide to it because I definitely know I have to rewatch the first episode again. Well, yeah, that's uh, well, you've that's read more than, than me. That's more than Mike. That's more than Mike has read. But, um, oh, that was kind of mean. Did you hear that, Mike? She insulted your reading skills. <laughs> I'm a comic sure. book guy. I look at the pictures. Yeah, exactly. That's why you're a comic book artist, right, Mike? Yeah. Um, but again, um, the names, bah, I would not be able to come up with a single name right now. If you were to quiz me, show me the picture, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that does this and that. And she right, Trevor, did that quick, thing. Quick. Yeah, exactly. Quiz him. <laughs> well, no, I, there's no way. I'm definitely going to have to rewatch it again just to, you're gonna use for your the names friend. to sink in. Adrian, what was that name? Yeah, exactly. But again, it was there was like I said, there was a lot of characters introduced in this and knowing that it's a huge series of books and that it's probably going to pull from a huge amount of it. It's it's definitely a daunting task to take on something that is that big in this and it looks and again, for a first episode, it looks fantastic and I'm definitely tuning in for the next episode when it comes out next week. That's for sure. Hey, so there you go, Mike, friendly. you have a whole entire week. Is this again? Can I watch this with everyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Trevor, tell me. Can I watch oh. this with everybody? I, I um, was 
Well, if they're into that sort of thing. I, I mean, wasn't asking you, Troy. Oh, I apologize. I apologize. Yes, you know. I would say I'm limit kidding. the age to at least 12. There's some blood. Uh, yeah, there's, well, there's, yeah. there's, there's some blood. There's some gore. No worse um, than Fortnite, right? Eh, maybe. Um, but the thing is, is for me, watching, I, I loved the opening um, narrative and the opening sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, because as someone who's, you know, I've read the series um, and I, 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 I know it, basically the whole story, what's going on. I have on another question. Do you read it more times than Adrian? Yeah, probably. Um, but the, when they start giving the description of, you know, how the, basically what happened with the creator and the destroyer and how the world was sundered and all this stuff, it is dripping with the um the hubris of the acidi they what's the acidi th- it's basically it's, it's the woman it's, it's the, the the female magic user faction okay so there's it's, it's called the one power that it could be wielded by men or women and the acidi basically when this big tragedy happened they took over to try to pick up the pieces and they have um, basically almost like rewritten, rewritten history to favor them and to say that men are bad. Bad That's men, why bad men. likes this book so much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about the Ace I, I mean, constantly it's bad men, bad men, bad men. So, I'm not showing this show to my daughter. So it's, it's when, the, <laughs> when they're giving the open, opening narrative, it's given from the perspective of, of an Ace This is okay. sort of like how they would indoctrinate new members of this this order and when we see the opening sequence where it's a group of Aesidae chasing down uh, a man who can use the one power and you know they catch him and the one as she's walking up says you know only women can use this power because when men use it it's it becomes filthy and then she immediately like just in the most painful way possible seizes his body through magic and basically kills him oh, and you geez, hear I'm him not showing this to my wife either this is and horrible. the thing is is you can you then have two of the main characters you know up on top of a cliff watching this unfold and you just hear the guy screaming in anguish as he's being slowly tortured and killed and it's it's basically it's because as that because i know the whole story in the backstory mm-hmm. you can see how it's almost like the victors write the history and that's exactly what has happened they have rewritten the history that everyone is, is to follow the doctrine of, you know, men are men who use power are bad and only the women are good and you have to fall. And so when we then jump to the village where it's, you know, there is a king that runs the land, but it's the women's circles in every village that run the villages. It's the Aesidae that in essence run the country. You know, the king would be like, hmm, maybe I should do this, but first I need to consult with them and they're going to tell me what i need to do and that's kind of part of how this whole story unfolds would this have book. been influenced by the benny Gesserit at all do you think like is it, that it, the it timing? kind of feels like that like i remember the first time i read it i, I was like it you could replace ace with benny Gesserit, and it, there wouldn't be that big of a change okay um the only difference is the way it's described in the books is the one power is like a coin okay. and on one side you have the men and the other side you have the women and each control two elements men control fire and earth women control air and water 
um, which in the opening sequence, the one waves her hand and a bunch of rocks fall. And I'm like, that's out of their purview, isn't it? It's not supposed to be water and air they do. Mm. So I'm not sure how they're going to do it for the show, but they, they stressed it in the books many times that, you know, women can only do air and water. And there's no, was it, there's no fire that water can't put out and there's no mountain that wind can't ground, grind down. So that's how they describe it. Okay. So all but three of you that, guys is thumbs up, like is the um, review. Well, yeah. I watched it with, with my wife, Meredith, and she seemed to enjoy it as tired as she was. Um, so this is a series we're going to keep watching. Now in the U.S., they released the first three episodes. Ah, um, okay. Um, and then the next one on the 26th, and then from then, then on, it's going to be one after the other weekly. But we've only seen the first episode together, so. Oh, so would they have done the same thing on... I did. I actually just started watching the first episode. I don't know. Episode I would say check, check Amazon. Yeah, they, yeah. they may have done the first okay. three in, on all of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense then. Yeah, but no, definitely, I'm definitely going to come back for for more of this because it's definitely a, a very. It's it's also not it's it it doesn't. Hmm, I'm trying to figure out. It's it, it's not. It, it feels like Game of Thrones, but better written, like or at least better adapted to te- to television. Wow, it's, that's that's the sensation we I got. Early Game of Thrones or later end season? So far, all like I said, I've seen first episode. If I compare it to the first episode of Game of Thrones, this one is better, better adapted because yeah. I've, I've read wow. both. Well, I've yeah. read books from both series, and I know where they're coming from. And this feels like it was better adapted. Wow, that's it's very, know. it's very, it's it's very approachable. Let me put it that way. It's very approachable. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't like hit you over the head with too many like made up words or too yeah. much you don't have to at read the, the books to enjoy it yeah exactly there you go that's a good thing you don't actually have to with if you like lord of the ring lord of the rings uh well hell even with lord of the rings as well the same thing if you read more you understand more and all that but yeah. this one so far has been very yeah i well, mean the dune I, movie was a perfect example of that if you know what's happening you get more yeah, from it exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah and anyways with this trailer i was sold on it i was interested interested in seeing it haven't seen it yet but with what you guys are saying yeah so i'm i'm, I'm honestly i'm gonna wait till i finish episodes two and three probably later this weekend or next week before i really start to say okay i'm gonna follow this series or i'm gonna let it fall by the wayside um mainly if, if mary says let's keep up with it then we're gonna keep up with it yeah and again usually something like this you have to at least give it two to three episodes just to make sure that yeah yeah. But again, a series that is picked up for a whole entire series to begin with, because I believe they didn't make a pilot and then decide to make it. I think this is just like, okay, let's make 10 episodes yeah. and see where this goes sort of thing. Let's throw all the money at it sort of thing. All right. So moving on from there, the uh, next thing we have up on our uh, list is, I'm not sure how many of us saw this, but um, Netflix released Cowboy Bebop live action, which... Um, I got to say, I only saw the first episode, but um, yes, please, may I have some more? I mean, <laughs> this, I, I then also saw, which was kind of funny because on Netflix, they've also has a bunch of, they have Cowboy Bebop, the animated series on there as well. And just when you go to scroll to the actual screen where you, you want to choose it and it shows like that picture in the background and all that when it shows the main characters and all that, and you've just watched like the first episode of Cowboy Bebop, the live action one, it's like, oh my God, they did a fantastic job like 
outfitting these characters and getting the actors that they did and whatnot it definitely because i haven't seen a lot of cowboy bebop i have seen a, a few episodes and all that and what i saw for this first episode is definitely cowboy bebop it it has what you want to see if you were able to turn an anime into a live action and this is what it was fantastic it wasn't too over the top which was kind of cool but it was just close enough to over the top that it was entertaining and i really i really enjoyed it i mean i don't have much to say because i don't know much of cowboy bebop to begin with but what i saw was definitely entertaining i'm definitely going to see more for that i haven't seen it yet is it family friendly this one I always have to ask this because well, there's a lot family. of I mean, in the like just in the opening scene alone, there's a lot of people getting shot, but there's not much blood or anything like it's that. Not it's not super graphic. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. No, yeah, I always think of, like there's comic book violence and then there's gratuitous yeah. stuff. Like there's a certain level of violence where it's like, yeah, that's fine, and then it yeah. goes over the top where it gives you nightmares. Yeah, there's a, a, like I said, there's a lot of characters that are killed by gunfire in this just the opening sequence alone but i don't believe there's very much blood i mean the no, no, the they, they guy that they the try and keep alive at the end is a little bloodied up from being beaten up but other than yeah. that i think that's about it there's no there's no like graphic exploding heads and stuff like that no definitely like, not. a guy gets no, shot sure grouping people into two two halves right yeah that's a good point that's a good point no but i mean the, the who they have playing the roles that i know a little about they've done a fantastic job and it's john cho looks like spike john cho yeah. yes yeah and that's where i was getting to that because the outfit they have him in the the, the blue suit with the white collar and all that sort of thing but you go to netflix and you look up the anime when they show the preview shot it's that actual episode it you see john cho in that particular post they have his hair styled perfectly to it and it's just it's a fantastic like a definitely a good like honorage to the original series so yeah, far you can you can see that in the trailer even like you just yeah look at again, the trailer yeah. you see that they got all that right well i also, I also found the uh you can already already feel the chemistry between the, the actors they're having a good time and it reflects that on the screen That's that good. is true that is true yes that is another thing that yeah that the guys that are working together they definitely know that you know that there's a history there you yeah so yeah they definitely yeah, do a good job with that feel that sort of chemistry especially in the first episode like when you see that there's that charm between all the people participating you know that magic's going to happen so that's really good to hear. Yeah, and again, again, going back to the opening sequence, again, you just have to watch this opening sequence, this this casino heist sequence at the very beginning. And when the two of them are introduced, um, I can't remember the other guy's name. What is the other guy's name? Uh, the, the, the actor or the character? The character with the mechanical Jet. arm. Uh, Jet. What was that? One Jet. Jet? Jet. Jet, yeah. Jet. Like what? an airplane, jet, 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 jet. not not <laughs> no, no, jet, jet. His full name is Jet Black. Not Jago Fett, jet. jet. Oh, Jet Black. Yes. Yeah, okay. All right then. Okay. Played by uh, Mustafa Shakir. Yes. Uh, him and 
the two of them work perfectly together. There's no introduction to their characters. They have banter between each other that you know they're working together. And it's, it, I mean, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic uh, relationship between the two of them. And that's in the first, like, what, not even Ooh, five minutes. In the middle of a heist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. So I definitely am going to be watching the rest of them. And again, it's Netflix, oh. so they're all there. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to keep watching. So far, I, I, uh, I, I, I really like how they've, it, it, it feels like the anime. It's not like over the top, like trying to, uh, sorry. <laughs> there goes Kev chasing, chasing his squirrels. <laughs> Squirrel. Nope. It's not, it's not going uh, completely over the top like you'd see, like like uh, the actual anime going, but it was just enough that it, it it worked for live action. Yeah, so definitely give that give it a chance because it's definitely uh, for sure. Uh, like from the first episode alone, if it sticks like that, it yeah, definitely an entertaining ride. So that's that's cool. Um, so the next thing we have on our list is a, uh, it's again, it's a series, is it not Trevor? The Hellbound? Yeah. And that is being released on, what was that on? That was on Netflix who, as well. Was on Netflix as well. Yeah. So I believe, uh, Trevor was the only one that actually saw this one. So we're going to give this up to Trevor to just give us a little capsulized review of what the first episode, if it's worth it or something like that. All right. So this is a, a South Korean show. Um, I watched the, the subtitled. Because I find uh, a problem I have with dubs is if it's a dub, you get someone just reading from a script and they may not have the emotion in their voice that was there in the original show. So that's why I prefer subbed over dubbed. So, or yeah, subbed over dubbed. Anyway, um, so it starts out with people are, are like, you know, they're they're in a coffee shop and they're like, have you, have you heard this, what's going on? People are, people are being told by like an angelic figure when they're going to die and when that time comes, you know, these big demons show up like, ah, no, that's all just CGI. It's all garbage. And they're like, well, there's this whole religion that's popped up about it. And so you got this, this group at a table and you got like the naysayers and the people are firmly believed. And over their shoulder, you have this guy looking at his phone and visibly sweating. And then the alarm goes off on his phone. And you can almost see like a sigh of relief, like, huh. And then there's like a, almost like a, a, a sonic boom and the whole cafe shutters and then in through the window break these three giant smoke monsters like from the trailer and the first thing they do is they backhand him across the room he starts running they're trying to get it get him and i mean this guy starts booking it down the street and these things are like they're bashing cars out of the way and jumping from car to car until eventually they they knock him down and they just you know, almost like Hulk from Avengers, they grab him by the ankles and they're slamming him left and right and they're beating on him until they get him on the ground and then all three of them put their hands just above his body. There's a big bright light where basically they're like ripping the soul out of him, but at the same time, they're immolating his body. So when they leave, because they just, they start running after they're done, they, they run towards like a doorway of a building and there's like a portal opens up and poof, they're gone. And it's just like the the... the charred corpse almost just like the charred skeleton left of this poor guy and the police are are actively investigating these because at least this is the first first couple of ones that have happened in their city they're investigating it as a homicide what's causing this because one of the 
this religion that's popped up, um, one of their main prophets is in the city. And he, at the scene of this, this horrific murder, um, later that day, he's got like all these people around and he's talking about, you know, people who've had this happen to them are sinners. They're arsonists, they're rapists, they're murderers, they're, you know, they've stolen, they've all this stuff. And, and this is God punishing them. And people are like, so is it like an angel tells them and then the demons take them to hell? And he's like, that's what it appears to be. And so he gets investigated by the police and it's the police are trying to like, you know, is this, what is going on? And you have like the, the, the cynical detective and his, you know, his young partner who's trying to, you know, make heads or tails of what's going on. And the first episode ends with this woman who, you know, with her young kid, she appears to be nothing bad about her. And this big ghostly face shows up as, as at her birthday party and her little son is filming and it tells her that in five days she is going to die. And it names a time and, 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 and names the date basically. And now she has five days to get her affairs in order before these three big smoke monsters show up and beat her into a corpse and then rip the soul from her, her body. And it ends right there. And there are enough hooks in that episode that really, really made me want to watch episode two. But unfortunately, I was busy and I couldn't start the second episode. And I was just like, oh, that is always I, the I, worst, I, too, especially when you're yeah. like, "Ooh, I want to watch the next one. Yeah, it's it. like, <laughs> I want to see where this goes, because I mean, it, it, the, the hooks are in like, what's causing this? Is it is this under the control of somebody or is this really God, you know, punishing the sinners and if this is his is him punishing the sinners does he really have to pick this way because these a these creatures are are kind of scary b they are not nice to innocent bystanders um and c when they finally get their victim they're they're not pleasant about it it's it's a terrible way to go and uh yeah you just you just want to find out more and to me that makes a good story that makes you want to find out more and again it's a series right yes it's a series series. right so yeah 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 what's uh like on a scale of one to ten what sort of how much like horror would you say would be in this um in terms of like horror horror like scary horror eh, you know maybe like a four or five violence right up there with like a 12 because when they (laughs) when they beat i mean they at one point one of the creatures grabs this guy's face slams it against the window of the bus and then suddenly we're on the inside of the bus watching his face scraping along and leaving a thick blood smear along the window all right like they don't shy away from the violence Um, okay and uh yeah it's 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 pretty it's it's yeah so we're not gonna watch this one with the entire family with the kids no no i don't think so i don't think so no um, I think Amanda's going to nope right out of this one. It's six <laughs> episodes. Um, oh, okay. Basically, just just under an hour each. Um, yeah, and it's it's like the the whole religious cult is is founded on the idea of divine justice. So, it's an interesting watch. Um, it is violent. It is dark. There is some suspense to it. I would recommend people to to watch it. Um, Gavin, stop playing with your squirrels. Um, so, yeah, I, my recommendation is the visuals alone are interesting and the, the story is compelling. So 
I'm going to watch it all the way through. Excellent. Well, that's good to know. All right. Yeah, definitely. I did want to watch this. It just unfortunately slipped through my radar about uh, it actually being out here because we just, there's so much that we try and cover in these. <laughs> in November this, 19th, uh, a lot came out. Yeah, a lot. Well, a lot. Yeah. Well, lots come out in November and coming up in December, there's just a crap load. So, yeah. And you only have so much time to watch so many streaming mm -hmm. services. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing that uh, we have on our what we are watching. Um, oh, I just I'm just going to quickly throw in um, uh, Star Trek Discovery came back. Um, now, if you um, are interested in getting into the series, this uh, particular episode, the first episode of this season, which I believe is the fourth season, is actually a nice uh, restart to the series. Um, right now, they're basically everything you need to know to get into this episode is the previously, in the previous season, they actually, at the beginning, they say, in the previous season of Star Trek Discovery, everything you need to know that in this episode you find out from this previously on sort of thing. Um, all the characters that you're introduced to are introduced to new characters, so you get to know the characters and all that. And it's actually a good starting, if you don't want to go back to the whole entire thing. You now, just a little backstory on this is uh, Star Trek Discovery currently now takes place 700 years in the future from Pike's time of being captain of the Enterprise, which was just before Kirk took over the Enterprise. So they figured they they ran into a problem where they had to advance well in ahead of time. So they go 700 years in the future, and they find out that the Federation has like fallen apart because Dilithian has exploded and the the fleet got decimated and all sort of thing but that you don't really need to know because it's all explained in this first episode sort of thing so if it's, you want to start from now instead of having to do a recap there you go you can watch from this um it's also a good starting point if you don't know anything about star trek to begin with if you know like your basics about it this is a good episode to start and all that and it's actually called uh, the actual episode is called the Kobayashi Maru. So if you know anything about Star Trek to begin with, you know what the Kobayashi yep. Maru is. And this is what this episode is. Actually, it does follow that sort of storyline, which is, again, a nice introduction to Star Trek and into this uh, new series. Well, but how does that work? Are they doing the training exercise? Or is no, no, it's, like it's a real mentioned, life situation. It's, well, it's mentioned because the uh the captain finds herself in that sort of situation and someone okay. brings up, well, the Kobayashi Maru is this sort of situation. No and how it's yeah. yeah. So it's a no-win situation. And how when you fail it the first time and you go back to your like room and you're just trying to figure out how you can get back into doing the test again because you know it's going to be different this time. Because again, nobody knows but that the in this case, it's not a test it's, it's not a test really it's just brought up it's brought up as a learning lesson that is do they mention kirk no they and, do not mention kirk uh, up, uh, up until that point no one has actually beaten the koibashi maru exactly but again but it's 600 technically years kirk did not kirk did not well, really solve the koibashi maru he reprogrammed the system he so. cheated he cheated he cheated yes. he, he cheated he won. adapted overcame and survived Although I yes. do like the fact that he actually ended up having tea with the Romulans or something to that effect at the end. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But anyways, 
Um, so let's get back to Trevor has one other thing. He saw a movie, which obviously was on which service was it on? HBO. Oh, right. Because HBO is a nice uh, big one and all that. And that he just saw uh, King Richard, which is something that uh, I've, I've seen the trailers and I've been intrigued. I mean, it's another, it's, I take it it's another adaptation of the King Richard that has been done countless times before. Yes? Nope. 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 Oh. This is the story of Venus and Serena Williams as told by their father. Oh, this is the Will Smith movie. This is the Will Smith Will movie. Smith Will, movie Smith, yes. Smith, Will Smith is playing the father of Venus and Serena Williams and his right. drive to, to give his daughters the opportunity to become the best tennis players in the world. So he, spoiler, alert, you know, spoiler alert, it works. <laughs> it it might have. Um, but it's, we see uh, you know, that how he, the lengths, because the thing is, is, this was actually produced by the Williams sisters. They were executive producers, okay, cool, as cool. was Jada Pinkett Smith. Mm. Um, and it basically it tells because the the story is actually very compelling. They came out of Compton, um, large family, and it was the amount of work their father did to you know teach them the, the skills of, that they would need in tennis to find them coaches of the caliber they needed to succeed um, to get them into the junior you know tennis divisions so that they could raise up the ranks, get sponsors. And it's, a, you know, the amount of motivation this man provided for his family. You know, he, he always said, you know, he, when he was a kid, he got beaten up a lot, but he didn't have a dad there to take the lumps for him. And so he's there to take the lumps for his daughters so that they can succeed. So they don't get caught up in the, like the gang violence and, and stuff like that. And they have that opportunity to succeed. And it's, I mean, I, I like sports movies. So it was automatically, I would, you know, I'd check this out. And it is such a, a well-acted and compelling movie that I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, and uh, he made his promise to his daughters that at some point, someone would hand them a check for a million dollars. And they were like, that, that, that can't happen. He's like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And then he, they, they kind of give the quick blurb that um, Serena Williams was handed a check for $12 million when she was 15 from Reebok. That's, you know, that's, that's incredible. Impressive. That's impressive. Damn it. I'm going to teach my daughter's tennis. <laughs> you got to start early and they, they got to have a lot of natural talent. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was a very interesting movie. It just... Because it, it's, you know, it's following this guy's, his life. He was a security guard. That was his night job. He was a, and during the day, he would work with his daughters and, and he would devour tennis magazines looking for tech, you know, tips and tricks and techniques to teach his daughters. At the same time, continually promoting them to a variety of trainers to see if one of them would pick them up and, and train them to the level they needed to get. It was just, as I said, it was just a great movie. Now, is it enjoyable if you don't care about tennis? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it honestly, it could have been any sport. It could, okay. have been, it could have been a spelling bee. It could have been anything. But it was more about the dad's journey to ensure that his daughters would have the opportunity to succeed. Um, and that's the message I got was, you know, the, it was his, he wasn't doing it for himself. He wasn't trying to be the best tennis player in the world. He wasn't. He was just trying to be the father that 
gave his daughters the opportunity to succeed the best way he could. And again, it's well saying he's going to teach his daughters tennis. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the their father and their mother were both athletes in like high school and stuff like that. So okay. So yeah. So that's you. You're given some of the backstory of the parents, um, but then you know you see them in Compton living in this tiny house. Like all five girls are sharing one bedroom. And it's just because they can't afford anything else. And he's driving this beat up VW microbus. And yeah, it's 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 a fascinating story. This kind of goes to the wizard archetype stuff we were talking about, or the mentor role, right? Mm-hmm. Like people who went through the ringer got to as far as they could. It's like, okay, let's mentor the next generation. Exactly. Which is I think part of the reason why I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. Well, that's good. Excellent. All right. Uh, anyone got anything else that uh, they've been watching or reading or uh, taking part in uh, to chime up on right now? Anyone? No. anyone? We're watching nope. Naruto, but it's or oh, not Naruto. Well, Naruto and Boruto, but Boruto's filler episodes at this point. And we watched Naked Gun with the family based on Troy's, you know, top ten recommendation of airplane. That got me thinking about Naked Gun. I was like, okay, I got to watch this with my boys. How, it was how Naked Gun over. Nice, was, yeah. nice. Yeah. Especially that first one. That first one, yeah. That that first moment, just when the police car is driving through the credit sequence. Oh, yeah. Already, <laughs> everybody was dying on the couch. It's like, okay, you know, we're going to have a good time tonight. Yeah, everybody's Excellent. on board. So, yeah. Good, good. Good to hear. Nice. All right. So uh, we're going to move on to a couple of uh, news articles that we had uh, pop up as well in the past week and all that. And actually, one just happened to pop up uh, today. Um, so what it, what everyone, I think, was uh, mostly disappointed in the last week's um, Disney Plus day is that it seemed a little lackluster to what the information everyone got last year. Well, I think what everyone kept forgetting is the stuff that we got last year was actually D23 and all the stuff they were doing, which means covers everything from everything that is being released by Disney that's not even on Disney+. Plus. So we got all the extra stuff. But um, one of the spectacular things that we got today is we actually got the physical reveal of the uh, extended blade lightsaber being activated. So uh, what it was is about a year ago, we got a little um, teaser clip. We had a cosplayer character, which I believe is one of the actual um, char- face characters from one of the Disney parks, dressed up as Ray, And she stands there in this quick little clip. She's done up in the Ray costume, holds onto this lightsaber, and the blade extends and lights up as it goes. And that's all you see. And then it like she's standing in front of like a stone sort of background and all that. And that's all that you see. And that's it. Well, today at D23, one of the uh, one of the higher ups in the whole entire thing basically says, hey, here it is. You want to see it? We're all ready to go. So standing in the middle of the stage, presents the lightsaber hilt and the lights dim down. He goes, are you ready? The audience obviously cheers for it and the lightsaber extends and it like lights up, makes the crackling noise of a lightsaber, the extending sound of a lightsaber, the blue light of the lightsaber comes up and is like, ah, how about this sort of thing? And everyone's all like, yes, it's real, he says, right? And everyone goes crazy and all that. And then he basically says, okay, so 
The only thing is right now, um, this is uh, Ray's lightsaber and she's uh, lent it to me. So he then hands it off to one of his stagehands to take it back to Ray and all that sort of thing. The guy takes the lightsaber and walks off the stage. And that's the end of the little clip and all that. And the only thing that I want to point out is that a friend of mine pointed it out to me and said like, um, yeah, that's cool that he extended the lightsaber, but he never deignited the lightsaber. And he basically hands off the lightsaber and the guy goes off stage and then now what happens? And I'm like, okay, what, uh, what is that all about? So that's basically all that is about. Uh, I didn't go into any detail about D23 because I didn't release D23 was uh, this uh, weekend until probably about an hour before we started recording our show. So I sort of skipped over and all that. But if there's anything interesting, we'll cover that in the next week's episode and all that. Um, after... I think the uh, thing about that lightsaber, though, is uh, it would lose a lot of magic if it, if the uh, guy was basically just going like, come on, get, get back and come fuck thing yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Because we all had did. the lightsabers. We all had the lightsabers that you flick and the plastic tube comes out and all that. Yeah. And, it's like, you and then you got the wedding gifts that were that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> now, on the nineteenth of this, of you know, a couple days ago, the nineteenth, D twenty three released three exclusive lightsabers. Right. Um, they released what was it? Luke Skywalker's Return of the Jedi, Ben Solo's, and then the Reforged Skywalker lightsaber. They were one hundred and forty, one hundred and forty, and one hundred and thirty dollars each, respectively. Um. And they were like, oh, we'll just log in as a D23 net member and you can buy one. Uh, yeah, that that was nearly impossible to do. Yeah. It was a um, bit of a cluster. <laughs> oh, uh, they were sold out in under 10 minutes. Yeah. They had robo orders happening. Now, they said it was limited to one per D23 gold membership. So you had to be a gold membership. Yeah, not just a regular membership. You had to have the extra membership. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the not cheap membership. Yeah. Um, but they still got hit with enough robo orders that they, you know, the site was crashed. And by the time they got it back up, they were completely signed out, completely sold out. Um, like all things, you know, something good happens and, and you know, people are out there to just screw it up. And exactly. yeah, it's... Underestimate the power of the nerds. And just so you want to, if you want to know, a gold membership's a hundred bucks a year. So, if you wanted these lightsabers, in addition to ponying up what uh, three hundred and four hundred and ten dollars, you'd have to pony up an additional hundred dollars on top of that, and that is not a guarantee that you're going to get any of them. Oof. Yeah. Uh. So, unfortunately, when stuff like that happens it's like you know when like every time the ps5s come available they get robo ordered before people can even get a chance to buy one i, I wish there was a way they had to to avoid that but it's just the late the age we live in that is the unfortunate thing about that yeah um one of the other things that um i don't know if it's very new and all that but uh, everyone's heard of uh, arcade one up uh, these, this is a company that is uh, basically reproducing on a slightly smaller scale a bunch of classic arcade games. So you got your, um, you got your Pac-Man, you got your, uh, what else you got there? Galica, that's it. Galica and all Street that Fighter, stuff. 1943, Mortal yeah. Kombat, yeah. Teenage exactly. Mutant Ninja Turtles. 
Oh, really? They? Oh, I haven't seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja yeah, Turtles. Yeah, one. it's a it's an actual four player, like four controllers. That is sweet. That's nice. That's nice. Um, but the one that I was uh, made aware of is they've uh, reproduced the original arcade Tron, all the way down to the light up controller with the triggers and whatnot, and it just looks spectacular. Um, anyone got like uh, 500 bucks uh, lying around that I can borrow to get one of these sort of things? Um, I love the fact that arcade, thank you, thank you, Michael, thank you, <laughs> uh, that arcade like cabinets are making a comeback and in a big way. There, I mean, you can have one custom made and all that. You can whatever. You can make the chair, the cherry pie, the raspberry pie, like program to make any sort of game and all that. But the fact that there is actually companies out there reproducing this sort of thing is like, and it's technically that's an affordable price. That's a half decent affordable price. I mean, I don't have the money to do it, but it's obtainable. It's it's something that you can get and it's not a huge giant thing you can put it in the corner of a room and it's not taking up as much space as an actual cabinet of its original size and all that plus you can alter it to be a tabletop as well if i if i'm not mistaken and i believe uh, mr burbage is bringing up the yes that is one of the other ones that i was going to talk about is the the one with the actual controller like the airplane yoke controller of the star wars uh saga you can play all three star wars versions and all that which is complete which is, with use the force Luke. yes exactly and uh but again if if it's i mean and again it makes it obtainable if you were to buy an original tron probably it's not working to begin with yeah and yeah more than likely it's not working because there probably weren't very many made but they probably got broken pretty easily too because that big of a joystick back then really the well, technology yeah. 1980s build quality too yeah right? exactly yeah. exactly now there is uh, a several youtube series one there's a, a series called um i like to make stuff and i love that guy's stuff Oh my God, I love that guy's kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Well, about five years ago, he showed how to make a custom arcade cabinet, start to finish. Yep. Um, and he, you know, put the plans online and he had it so that you could put in a 30 inch TV, a 40 inch TV, a 50 inch TV, whatever size screen you wanted. Yeah. Um, and he, but he goes through the whole process. He has like a, a build list. He even shows, you know, how to wire things up, how to make so the cabinet lights up, how to have the speakers. Um, and yes, I have saved that whole file um, because I've been told <laughs> once once I'm done all my household chores that Mayor has has a list for me, then I'll get to build a cabinet. And 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 I've even got I've got all the the stuff downloaded for the Raspberry Pi and all that stuff. But then I was looking online, and someone has taken that and gone one step further. That not only does it like a joystick with the six buttons, like uh, you know, like like Street Fighter. But you can undo the four clips, pop that up and away, drop in the joystick, like the Tron joystick, or drop in the flight yoke, like you would have, or drop in the trackball, so that you can have the different games that had the different controller styles. Just change out the controller. Just change out the controller on top Sweet. and play the, that game style you want. And that one has like 7,500 games available to play. Wow. Yeah. 
and it even comes with the loading screens and all that sort of stuff and and uh yeah so at some point back there there back might around be there, around there somewhere yeah back and around that area over there um if if i can ever get the household chores done and find the time to build this cabin oh you better believe i'm going to be doing it nice nice because I, I i will say i have priced out like going to one of these arcade shops and buying an original arcade cabinet yeah that's hideously expensive they're ridiculous yeah hideous oh, they're, they're either ridiculously expensive or they're in such poor shape that yeah that you don't want to you don't want to bother but the arcade cabinets that i've seen online that you can build you can build the entire thing start like complete for under a thousand dollars yeah that's everything that is one-fifth the price that you can buy a working arcade cabinet that has one game from these arcade shops so yeah exactly when gavin mentioned ninja turtles have you heard mike Patton sing the ninja turtle theme song he did that with one of the latest video games it sounds really? just like the 90s cartoon but better really so, oh that's the the new uh T tmnt game coming out yeah. Uh, by Turtles Revenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Mike Patton sings that from you know, Mike Patton, Faith No More, singing Ninja Turtles. Really phenomenal. Do yourself That's a favor. Awesome. Wow, it. it's great. Okay, I gotta make that note of that. Yeah. Yeah. I like the again, the, I like to make stuff. The same guy two years ago did the one to make a, a, a arcade cabinet for Mortal Kombat 11. I yeah, did see that one. Uh, that one I did see. Yes. Yeah, it's by a company called Dot EMU doing the TMNT uh, re, re revival. So, All right. Yeah. Cool. 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 All right. So, um, oh, those are the big geek ones and all that. I got a couple of articles about um, some movie news and all that, but nothing really, you know, too, uh, too intense. <laughs> And all earth that. shattering earth shattering yeah exactly uh because i think we're gonna get into our main subject for uh this evening for this episode and um we're gonna talk uh ghostbusters so um to give a little background and all that i think it'd be uh, kind of uh, appropriate because on the uh while i didn't mention at the very beginning of the episode that this particular episode is being recorded on uh, november 20th tw uh, 2021 um, that on November 19th, 2021, the new Ghostbusters movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife, was actually released um, theatrically. Now, um, I believe that uh, out of all of us, we're all fans of this um, particular, maybe not all the movies, but we're all fans of this franchise. Is that correct? Yes, gentlemen? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. All right. So I figure we go into a little bit of history of what uh, Ghostbusters is to us sort of thing from the get-go. We'll go movie by movie and then build ourselves up. And then we'll, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be in the same boat as Gavin. And um, because Gavin and myself are the only ones that actually saw Afterlife. And I think we might uh, do some sort of a less spoilery, probably a non-spoiler sort of review of the movie. But we'll just give our thoughts, um, our, our what we thought about it without giving away too much of the story. Because I think, to begin with, it's something that you have to see before you 
form your own opinion on it, but let's just start off at the get-go. We're going back all the way back to the original uh, 1984 movie Ghostbusters, starring everyone that you know that was been in it. We've got the Bill Murray, we've got the Dan Aykroyd, we've got the Harold Ramis, we got the Ernie Hudson, we got the Annie Potts, we got the uh, Sigourney Weaver, we got the Rick Moranis, and so forth and so on. And I think we can stop there at the listing of the characters because we don't really need to go into any more on all that. So from the history of all that, we also know that I believe you guys are aware of the fact that this was originally going to be written as a Saturday Night Live offshoot story where it was going to be written by Dan Aykroyd and starring Dan Aykroyd and Jim Belushi at the time as a, a basically ghost hunters, but they were going to be an intergalactic uh, arm of this whole entire thing. So they'd be traveling to different planets, hunting these different monsters and all that sort of thing. And of course, obviously things that uh, happened in reality, um, the story got changed, it got shelved, it got manipulated and all that. And um, when the director, Ivan Reichman, was given the original idea from Dan Aykroyd, he went, uh, we do not have the budget to pull this movie off at this time. There is no way you're going to be able to pull this movie off. So they brought in Harold Ramis to uh, assist Dan Aykroyd and Ivan Reitman to rewrite the whole entire thing. And then Bill Murray signed on to do this. And then we ended up getting the movie that we all, I'm going to say out loud that we all fell in love with when we first saw this. Yes. Yes, absolutely. 100%. I'm just going to come straight out and ask a question. How many people have this on their top 10? Uh, well, uh, no uh, one. Uh, I okay. Are you saying yes? So you have this it in your top ten. This you episode have... is going to blow my wad in a couple of weeks. So I'm just saying that right away. Okay, no, because it. Okay, this movie's in my top ten as well. Okay. I mean, Anyone I'm else? not gonna. I mean, this so, one was 14 for me. Okay, so but it's close though. It's close though. It's close. Is it in your top 20 at least, Gavin? Yes. Yes. There, there's. Okay. Let's let's just say there was a lot of movies that I had to angrily remove from my top ten. Okay, all right. So let's go on from there. So um, basically, um, well, I guess Mike, what was because you're, I mean, you're not young by a lot, but you're the youngest in the group here. Like 1984. How old were you in 1984? What are you? What are you in 1984? You are when the time the movie was released, I was yes. nine years old. Yes. Now, did you actually see this originally in the theater now, or yes. did you see it? I you have did. great okay. memories of this. So Excellent. So we... why don't you start off with that? Okay. So every year, back when I was little, we'd go up to the cottage. My father would have two weeks vacation. We'd spend a lot of time up north. And every summer, we would go see a movie. And in 1984, it was Ghostbusters. I clearly remember leaving the cottage, driving into town, and just experiencing this whole thing. And again, as a nine-year-old kid, it's one of those things where the memory sticks in your head so clearly, but it's not until you have like little children of your own where it's like, oh my God, I'm the time I saw this movie, I was younger than my youngest son is right now. And the way that stuck to me, and there's so many things through the movie. Again, I'm not a horror guy. I don't like zombies. I don't like that kind of stuff. This movie, I ate the entire thing up. Like everything, like even the zombie cab driver, it's just awesome. Like 
straight start to finish because the story was so solid. The performances were so solid. The demon dogs, the animation was a little sloppy. I knew that even as a little child, but it was still awesome. It didn't matter, right? Stay Puff Marshmallow, Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Like, none of this makes any sense. None of this movie should work. And it's interesting hearing you talk about the way the story was built and how goofy the story was at the beginning. And it went through iterations. And I don't know if you guys ever watched the Joe Rogan experience with Dan Aykroyd. It's a great story. He starts talking about all the things, how he grew up in a haunted house. And mm -hmm. he had yep. an experience, uh, you know, of somebody sleeping in the bed beside him. And, like, there's so much stuff. Like, you can tell this movie's from the heart of everybody that's involved. So, again, nine-year-old kid, go to the theater, watch this amazing movie. And when we went back to the cottage, like, my brain was changed. Yeah. We'll talk about it in other weeks, but now, that's my uh, first info dump. Again, Michael, you've got a pretty big family of your own when you were a kid, like when your parents had all the kids and all that sort of thing. Yeah. It was so you're the oldest of your. I'm the oldest of the six. So you, but again, you not all six would have been born at this time. I I take it right. right? Yeah, yeah. I was about to, wait a sec. I'm just doing the math. Wait, no, you're nine, and I think yeah, you had so like a hundred percent. You know, my brother Blair would have been with right. Me for yeah, that. I don't know because my brother Brian is five years younger than me, so he would have been four. Maybe he was there. Okay, all right. Um, but anyways, it was a family event. There was okay, a cool. group of us right there. Yeah. So yeah, like this movie was a game changer for me. Yeah, what about eighty four? Was a good year. Oh, 1984 was a fantastic year. That's the oh, other thing about the movie too, is that it's it was the one of the biggest, if not the biggest, box office of the year yeah. for that for the, for that year. So, what yeah, about so you, that Trevor? Summer, I watched Ghostbusters and I yeah. bought Wind Charger, my first Transformer. <laughs> I was a happy boy. <laughs> so, what about you, Trevor? What about you? What was your uh, 1984 uh, was the year my family moved from Calgary back to Ontario. Okay. And I remember begging my parents to let me go see Ghostbusters. Like just begging. And my mom was not having it. She was like, it doesn't sound like it's a kid's movie. It doesn't sound like it's a movie that's appropriate for your age. And I was like, I don't care. I got to see this movie. And, you know, I was just, I was dying to see the movie. Just, just, absolutely dying and my brother who at the time was uh 16 said i can make it happen and i and from that point i don't care what he said what he he whatever instructions he outlined i was going to do it i had to see this film little did i realize what it took we, <laughs> so uh saturday night um, my brother's friend came over who had a car. We all piled into the car. It was myself, my brother, his friend, and another one of the friends. My sister had no interest in seeing Ghostbusters. Now, we didn't have a whole lot of money. So we drove and parked in the parking lot of the mall and walked to the drive-in and walked across the cow field that was behind the drive-in and then climb the fence 
and we had like small radios because it was a radio station you would tune, tune in on and, and it couldn't be loud because it was loud they would hear you and kick you out now ghostbusters was on the bill but what we had failed to realize ghostbusters was the third of four movies to be played that night oh ouch from dusk till dawn oh. showing yeah you oh, so this would have been hard... later in this would have been later in the season wouldn't it yes you know because like, how... the movie was released the beginning of june if i'm not mistaken this was like end of june yeah school okay. had just finished right right do you realize how hard it is a to stay up b quiet bladder bursting and you have a mosquito and you have a hat with a mosquito net on because the mosquitoes are out in full force like if you dared to lift the mosquito net to take a drink mosquitoes would come up inside and just bite your face to pieces it was it was what movie did you say from dusk till dawn no no that was that basically they they start the movies at dusk oh i'm thinking it's like okay. no, 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 no 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 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but like, it was the I'm third sure movie was way it was the that. third movie in the rotation <laughs> of four movies they played yeah staying up for ghostbusters but for ghostbusters so, to be that far along in the set gotcha. like if it were the new release yeah. it would have been the first movie that's what i that's what i was no no, no. Yeah, no i understood his second, from that way, dawn, but yeah they would have had it as the second movie so that the the sun had gone down long enough because this wasn't mm-hmm. in a theater this was a drive-in so they had to wait yeah. till it got dark enough so you could see the movie yeah and so you know i i kind of fell asleep halfway through whatever the second movie was i honestly don't remember what it was and my brother nudged me and said, the Ghostbusters is starting. And it was almost like someone had just poured pure caffeine in my veins. I was alert and hyper alert for the entire of that movie, entirety of the movie. And then the guy who was driving us after the movie, and he's like, I want to stay for the fourth one. And he got dogpiled and basically beaten up and told, let's go back to the car. And that's where I got chased across the field by a cow. <laughs> <laughs> that did not enjoy the fact that we were crossing the field we got through the we, we got through the fence relatively safely got back to the car drove home my brother and i snuck inside i climbed into bed and about two and a half hours later my dad woke me up to take me fishing oh yay oh, was, oh that was a great fishing trip and we're sitting in the boat and my dad says so how was ghostbusters and i'm like <laughs> it was great he's like oh because uh your mother and i had discussed it last night we were going to take you guys tonight but since you've already seen it i'm like oh god and but we ended up going because my sister had just heard the theme song by ray parker jr and wanted to see what all the hubbub was about so the next night like that night we went and saw it and i sat in a car where i wasn't eaten alive by mosquitoes and yeah it was great that's my my memory of the first time I saw Ghostbusters, and that's an experience. I was hooked. I was hooked from nice. the get go. Nice, nice. So, where do these stairs go? They go up. They go up. Gavin, what about you? Well, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see a uh, seat in the theaters. Uh, my parents. Uh, my parents never really took me to to see too many movies. There's a there's a few notables like Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. uh, but we uh, I think they were kind of like uh, you, you know what we're 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 just not we're not going to see that many movies because it's you know two kids plus uh, adults that was pricey I mean not today pricey but still um, so I, I had seen the commercials heard the heard the theme song on the radio 
And then somebody lent me a, a cassette tape of the theme song. I wore that cassette tape out. It uh, it, it started, you know, it started like dun 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 So I, I never did get a chance to see it, but a couple of years later, you know, when you know when the time between releasing from theater to home home videotape was like counted in in years, not like months. Uh, Blockbuster, uh, no wait, sorry, it was Jumbo Video. I think got it got a copy in, and well, I got it, and I think I watched that at least ten times through the course through the through the course of uh, the rental. So we ended on a Friday. I think we returned it on a on a Monday, and I think I just kept ha- rewinding it, playing it again, rewinding it, playing it again. It was it was amazing. Just you know, Bill Murray's uh, you know sarcastic comments, Ray's uh, you know you know just observations, Harold Ramis. Uh, just Egon was kind of like my spirit animal at the time. Just I I just, I just related so much to him. Really, you related yeah. to Egon, did you? Hmm, a little bit, yeah. Really, really, really. Anyway, yeah, he, uh, he, he was, uh, he was, he was the guy. He, he was the, the character I liked the most on, on it, on the, on the, on the movie. But like, just everything about it was, was, was just amazing. Like, the proton pack special effects, that thrill when you know, in, in the elevator when they're riding. Now, of course, I got the, uh, the neutered version of that where it was cut off. So. Harold Ramis and uh, no, sorry, Harold Ramis was in the middle. Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd were on your side, but it was only half of the two of them. But uh, all right, so oh, let's move TV on. Good old full screen. Good old yeah. full screen presentation. So I I, I finally saw uh, the the widescreen DVD version of it, uh, and basically was going, why did I miss this in the theaters? This is so much better. <laughs> but uh, at the time, I, at the time, I, I had a full home theater system, so hearing that that the proton pack switching on for the first time oh, yes. in full Dolby su- uh, surround sound with the subwoofer going and with the and it's like oh oh my gosh that's so much better. That of course would be me as the me as an adult saying that. That was also me censoring myself somewhat for some strange reason. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that 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 just it just brought these all these feelings like just absolute awe hearing hearing that noise of it starting up for the first time. And every single time I hear it now, just that's cool. That's yeah, cool. That's my yeah. story. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, for me myself, um, I I remember watching Saturday Night Live from a very young age. And I remember the first cast. I remember the Dan Aykroyd years and the Bill Murray years and all that sort of thing. So I was aware of these particular actors. Um, I had seen uh, Stripes and all that. So I know who Harold Ramis was. Um, I knew that him and Bill Murray worked together very well and whatnot. Um, I saw all sorts of different things with different these different actors and all that. Um, and I was well aware of this movie coming out in 1984. Um, uh, I actually had to look it up and I realized, I, now, Ghostbusters, I believe, 
if not the first, it's one of the first movies that I went without my parents to go see. Because uh, it was just that time in history, 1984. Um, I was uh, 13. Uh, I was with a couple of buddies of mine, and it was actually June the 8th. So this was a birthday movie for me. We actually went to the first showing. Um, it must have been an early afternoon showing because it's we we had gotten out of school so we went to see this movie so it must have been like an early afternoon showing and no because i was a fan of the actors to begin with the three main actors to begin with um i had no idea what who anyone else was i know ernie hudson no sigourney we maybe sigourney weaver maybe there might have been sigourney weaver on that but no annie potts no rick moranis no Ernie Hudson. I had no idea who Ivan Reichman was. I mean, later on, I would find out, oh, right, the guy that did Stripes, the guy that did all this other stuff and all that, which was something that I would learn later on. But um, this was a first for me. And like like I said, it, it, if it's not the first, it's one of the very first that I didn't see with my parents. I don't think I actually saw this movie with my parents at all. I know I did see it two or three times in the theater that summer because it was just the summertime and you know what you use your allowance to go see movies with your friends on a Saturday afternoon and all that and that's what you do you spend most of the time either playing out in the friggin forest building forts or you spend it at the mall where there's a theater that's showing a movie that you can basically walk into because no one really cares at that time of the year uh, that time in, in history sort of thing. But um, this movie, again, I saw it three times in the theater in its opening year. I mean, I loved the hell out of it. And again, it's because of something that I knew some history of the actors. It was fantastic to see them act together. I mean, one of the most underrated uh, actors in the movie is Harold Ramis because it wasn't until probably like five or six years ago that I had noticed that um, in the scene where they're in the ballroom when they've just gotten Slimer and all that and Peter's coming up with the price of how much it's going to cost and all that sort of thing he looks over just glances over at Egon and Egon puts up a finger to indicate how much they're going to charge for the for the thing and then puts up another set of fingers to like how much it's going to be for the charging and all that and i'm like oh my god he's like like bankman is playing off of egon because bankman has no idea what to charge and egon is just so subtly like signaling it's going to cost three grand for the entrapment but only one for the uh for the chart proton charging and dispersal and they're like four grand i just know it was four thousand dollars i'm like oh that's okay we can just put it back in there but the improv was so obvious from the get-go that these guys were just because everything came across so naturally that's the other thing that was so great about this the fact that there was so much practical like you saw that there was puppets like again like mike you said the 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 zombie taxi driver and all that is a complete mechanical puppet um 
this is also a time that I was into watching Entertainment Tonight. So you saw a lot about behind the scenes stuff, which is a friggin' thing that I'd loved about the early days of Entertainment Tonight when they would actually, you know, talk about movies and how they're made. Right. But um, that Jeez, year we are interested. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it Ghostbusters is one of the movies that made me want to learn more about movies. Um, Ghostbusters, the album is the first um I bought two albums. My very first actual vinyl albums were Weird Al Yankovic in 3D and the Ghostbusters soundtrack. <laughs> Those are my <laughs> first two. And I got them from the Columbia House. <laughs> so um I think so my first one was Greatest American Hero. Nice, nice. Um, but uh for yeah, for Halloween that year, I made myself a Ghostbuster costume. It was a it was a gray sweatshirt gray sweatpants i threw on my ghostbusters black t-shirt with a ghost emblem i made a backpack and all that a cardboard box on my back with a bunch of dials and didn't even uh, right away full-on oh, cosplay yeah, Love yeah it. exactly exactly i mean and it was fantastic i made i went to shop class and made my own particle accelerator like the the particle wand and all that didn't even look close to what it was supposed to do, but I made it in shop class because, hey, I made it all out of wood. I made it as a project. I got, I got a C on it, but whatever. I had a, my own friggin' school that I made in school for for Halloween and all that. But um, yeah, so this this movie just stuck with me all these years, and pretty much every single time it's been like, I've got several different copies of it on VHS, on DVD. I have yet to buy the Blu-ray because. I'm just going to wait to buy the box set of all four movies to get the Blu-rays or whatever and all that. But yeah, I kept coming back and I will see it if it's released in like, like Cineplex does those whole entire like retro movies that they bring back and all that. And if Ghostbusters is in there, I am definitely going to the theater to see Ghostbusters again because I just, there's so many fun memories in the thing. Like I remember seeing it with my two best friends at the time in high school the first time and all that and we just loved the hell of it on the walk because we didn't have enough money to take the bus home so we walked like the hour and a half but the whole entire time we're just reciting the lines as best as we can remember them back and forth and there's so many memorable lines there's so many hilarious situations and it's just a fantastic movie to have started this whole entire series on and it's just it just has become one of, and like like I've already revealed, it's in my top 10 that when we get to our list and all that, I will be talking about I can't about believe it. it's only in two of our top 10. I'm shocked. Well, I mean- I thought one, we could at least get 75%. Trevor's kind of close. I mean, okay, out of like the- He's uh, just- Out of the 97 right top, top movies that uh, Trevor picked, it was number 14. That's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, uh, it's an yeah. amazing movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And with these kind of movies, this is the kind of stuff, you know, when you have children, you want to experience them to all the things that affected you, right? Mm -hmm. And this was one where I showed it to the kids, yeah. and they were captivated, right? Like, so there's that longevity to it. And again, it's a move, like, if you basically break it all down, it shouldn't work. Right. If you were to put the script in front of someone's face, this should be an absolute disaster of a movie. Yeah. Right. It's just a bunch of comedy guys from Saturday Night Live who are fighting ghosts 
and then they fight a big marshmallow. Like, what the hell kind of movie is this? It doesn't make any sense. No, it definitely does not. No, that is for but sure. It pulls together. And in fact, just with the new movie coming out, that got everybody thinking about Ghostbusters. And we started putting all the soundtrack on the car. We nice. had a little MP3 nice. player. So that's one of the rotations. So, you know, like you were driving around town, saving the day. It's, you feel awesome. You yeah. just drive around town with that playing. Yeah. You feel indestructible. I love it. And the whole thing with the military and the police and there's so many elements. Again, we'll get to this later. But, yeah, it's that's a movie that changed my life. And the digger or the... The deeper I dig, not the deeper I deep, the <laughs> deeper I dig into this movie, it's just like there's so many elements of it that, you know, just the way things came together to make this epic entertainment franchise, which unfortunately not many of them have been good, but I haven't seen the latest, but we'll talk about them later because I haven't seen it yet. But it's just a, such an epic movie that it's, yeah, way high on my list. Exactly, exactly. So um, we're, okay, so then, of course, we have uh, a couple of years later, we end up with uh, the, the sequel, the very long to get to, because I believe it was quite a few years, was it not, between uh, the two? It was, I'm actually just going to say that it was uh, not supposed to actually be made for when it was um it came out in 89 yeah it came out uh yeah so we're talking like five years later which is uh something that you normally do not really do on such a big box office but again it's at a time when not a lot of movies were expected to be big i mean this movie wasn't expected to be as big as it was the original ghostbusters i don't believe anyone i think they was going to do a moderate amount of uh moderate amount of uh, box office and all that and there you go but the fact that it brought in the amount that it did is just a phenomenal thing but i believe there was a lot of problems with them trying to come up with a viable second uh, storyline and all that um one of the holdouts was uh bill murray apparently because he um he basically only did ghostbusters 2 because um he made the uh production company actually fund making the razor's edge which is his um world war ii i believe melodrama world war one sorry uh, it's been a while since i've seen razor's edge i could not remember the actual logistics of the movie and all that um so that's the only that's the reason how they got bill murray to star in ghostbusters 2 again with a lot of caveats as well like i'm not getting slimed i'm not uh, really doing much more than what i did in the first movie and all that but um so when we come to a ghostbusters 2 we have a again which is kind of nice that it's not a rehash of the original movie they sort of come up with a half decent way for the guys to have existed again they make the movie five years later the ghostbusters aren't really doing a lot of ghost busting and all that um They've moved on to do other things and all that, and um, stuff happens. And well, Mike, what was your what was your impressions of Ghostbusters two when you originally saw it? I was or... so excited that there was a second one, 
but that's when I realized what a freak of nature the first movie was because the second one just didn't live up to the first one for me, you know? And again, at a very young age, so geez, what have I been, you know, five years later, 14, you know, that's stuff in my head. So going, it's like, why did the first one work so well? And the second one didn't, you know, like there's moments in there. It like I like all the slime. It's kind of cool that they slime the Statue of Liberty, but like, why is that moment not as good as the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man? They're yeah. both completely ridiculous, but one worked and the other one didn't. So, yeah, I was really let down by the second one. But again, it's interesting with my kids all watching the most latest movies, and you know they find all these redeeming points in it so they enjoyed it but yeah for me the second one just didn't live up to the first what about you trevor oh god the second movie so i saw that one um i was 16 and i took my date to it and it was such a letdown of a movie um because we both like like the original ghostbusters um, I had seen it many times on VHS and then on Laserdisc. And so Ghostbusters 2 came out. We're like, this is going to be great. And I mean, there were some very shining moments in that film. But there was also, you could tell some of the people just did not want to be there. They had zero interest and it showed. And it was, I remember coming out of that that movie and I was just like, I got to apologize. I didn't realize it was going to be not up to the par of what we expected a Ghostbusters film to be. Um, but I, I mean, I also got to remember at the time there'd been like what the, the, the Ghostbusters cartoon and the real Ghostbusters cartoon. Um, and that you know, the real Ghostbusters cartoon had kind of kept the franchise going. And so when this movie came out, I thought, Oh, well, this will be great. Ooh. Um, needless to say, this movie did not make my, top 60 um there's so much i wish they could have done they should have done but you know they were they were fighting the studio they were fighting murray um they wanted to get it done and uh, it spent so i mean they kind of missed the window waiting so long to do a sequel so yeah that was that was why watching it was, was so tough it's it's honestly it's one of the few movies that when it's on TV, I'll just like, well, let's see, let's see what else is on. Because uh, it's That's just, exactly it's... what happened when my family was watching it. It's like, oh, dad, want to watch the second one? Mm, well, you nope. Enjoy that one. Yeah, I just, I, I can't watch it because there's just some, some bad memories associated with it. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's Gavin? most unfortunate, though. Robin? What do you think? What, what do you, what about you, Gavin? Robin? Were you, were, were you able to see this one in the theater? He is so muted. Oh, he is so <laughs> muted too. Hello? Here, yeah. No, once again, <laughs> I was not able to see it in the theater. Um, oh. I did. I saw it on videotape, so I mean, at the very least, saved our, saved some money on the on the tickets. It was uh, it was all right. I mean, it just didn't have the same punch. Uh, I I kind I I thought the using the Statue of Liberty is the you know the the with the feel good ectoplasm kind of thing was kind of a 
kind of neat, but I mean, it just didn't have the same punch. Like it was, it was missing, I guess, the heart. That's uh, that was my biggest biggest gripe about it. And I mean, I would say I, I was kind of at the point where I was starting to uh, to recognize that movies could be bad, and I just couldn't quite put my finger on why I didn't like it as much at that point. But now that you know I'm older and quote unquote wiser, you're not wiser. You know. Okay, well, theoretically wiser, in theory. Uh, yes, buddy. Yourself. I, 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 you know, I now I understand why I didn't like it, why it doesn't didn't have the same same feel as the original, and when you know you look at sort of the the, the history of it, you know, you, you you start seeing why things had gone so squirrely. So it, it just it just makes sense that you know that they they just couldn't get that 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 magic that lightning in a bottle that they captured with the first one now funnily enough the uh the they uh released on the xbox 360 um ghostbusters a video game which was a uh, a first person style shooter game where you played the role of the rookie and basically the entire cast voiced their, their characters in it. Mm-hmm. So Harold yeah. Ramis, Bill Murray, Dan Alkroyd, uh, Ernie, Hudson. Uh, Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Uh, ev- everyone pretty much came back to voice the characters. So uh, there was uh, there was a lot of talk that this was actually the the actual factual Ghostbusters three that yeah, never seemed to kind of go anywhere. Food? Food? Everyone everyone uh, kept saying like five small pellets. Everyone kept saying, "Oh, that, really? Uh, really? I didn't. Pellets. I did not. I did not. I did not mute. I could have sworn I was on mute. All right. Oh no, we could. There, there was five. Yeah. Not I could have sworn I hit the mute button on that. That's why I looked away and started talking. All right. I apologize, Gavin. Please pick up where you were. Yeah. So this was so Ghostbusters, uh, the video game, was supposed to be the uh, third movie, as at least the it's a spiritual sequel to." the Ghostbusters franchise because of all of the difficulties trying to get Bill Murray back involved with, with the with the actual Ghostbusters story. And, and then of course, you know, with Harold Rimmel's passing and all that just never really happened. But this was kind of a nice last gasp kind of thing that actually was uh, that felt more like a Ghostbusters movie than the second movie did. Oh for sure. I completely no, for sure. forgot about the video game. I yeah. definitely play that on PlayStation. Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it, was it, it was quite good. And they actually released a uh, remastered version for the Xbox One and PlayStation Four, and uh, so I've I've been meaning to get back into it, especially with uh, the Ghostbusters craze right now. My mm. last experience was on the 360 version, which was uh, which was good, but being able to see it on a, on a with higher visual clarity would be would would not be a terrible thing at all. So I had the uh, Wii version. The Wii version, yeah, I had. I think we had the Wii version as well, but it seemed to be very. Um, uh, 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 what is it when you get uh, motion sickness in during because janky. it was like yeah, janky, yeah, yeah. yeah it was very. Well, the problem was if you didn't play it, if you tried to play it as anything other than first person, it was almost unwatchable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yes, yes, I remember that now. Yes, yes, that's right. But again, fantastic story and a great 
fact that they brought back all the original voice actors and all that. But um, for me, Ghostbusters 2 is pretty much the same as everyone else. I mean, excited to see it. Um, I, I think I gave it a little more a little more love than a lot of people other did just because again i am a big fan mm-hmm. of and again five years difference i now know a lot more about ivan reichman i know a lot more about harold ramus and dan Aykroyd and bill murray ernie hudson huge fan of uh, rick moranis at this point and all that so it was kind of cool and all that um annie potts as well uh sigourney weaver uh between Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 discover all of her stuff like alien and aliens and whatnot and so I'm a big fan of everyone involved um of course a little disappointed that it wasn't didn't have the same flair that the original one had and again the lightning in a bottle was not there in this movie it was it was basically proved the fact that yes it was a one-time thing it worked really well it was fun to see everyone together. It was fun to see them actually having to deal with the fact that it's now five years later and things aren't going as well as it could be, which is understandable, which is kind of neat. Um, but again, it's a little disappointing. Not very much of the ghosts. We got kinetic slime, happy slime, angry slime, whatever. It's kind of interesting, but yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, I enjoy the movie. Again, it's got a bunch of quotable stuff. Uh, the improv doesn't seem to be as strong as it was in the original one. And it just unfortunately just falls apart. A little unfortunate. Um, the special effects actually don't even look as impressive as they did the first time around, the first movie as well. So it's it's just unfortunately, again, like Trevor said, it took too long to get around to it. And there you go, which again is thankful that we got the video game story as well, because it be, it basically like, oh, okay, there you go. Uh, that we then turn into um, Feige. Feige? No. Anyways, Paul, Paul, it's Paul Feige, right? Paul Feige. Paul Feige. Okay, I just I said it out loud. I'm like, wait, is it Feige? No, but it is Paul Feige. Did he and he make Marvel? That's no, kind of, see, that's that's where I got my brother? that's where I got my why my wires crossed and all that. Um, we late, have folks. we have a sort of a reboot, sort of an alternate universe sort of version of uh, Ghostbusters, um, also now labeled as Answer the Call, where we have uh, another another uh, mostly cast uh, Saturday Night Live actresses. Uh, comedian as comedians that have come together to do this sort of thing and Melissa McCartney. Um, now, what about this, Mike? What did you think of? Did you actually see this movie? I was so disgusted by the way they were taking things just from the trailers and everything else. I have not seen this movie except for clips that compare this one to the original so i've watched a whole bunch of youtube comparison clips okay where they basically show the same moments of the original ghostbusters to this one and why the original worked and why this one didn't so the original ghostbusters would have a steady cam and just let the actors do their thing 
in this version of the movie would be quick cuts between them. The jokes aren't that funny. Everything was forced. It was horrible. The whole thing with the proton packs. I saw that comparison, like the first time they used them. And like the alleyway sequence in this version of the movie was so ridiculous. And it's like you don't feel anything. Whereas the original, when they fire up the proton packs, you feel it. You know, like even with Gavin doing the sound effects. Like even when he was mimicking the sound effects, I felt that 1984 movie. Whereas this one, it's like, you just don't feel anything. So no, I haven't seen the movie. I don't plan on seeing the movie. And I don't have anything to say. And that's perfectly fine. I mean, that's what this is all about. Like, it's not everything is going to be everyone's cup of tea. And unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people like this cup of tea to begin with. Trevor? Oh, boy. Put your seatbelts on. Um, so this okay, okay, movie... just, just just to reiterate, Trevor, we might want to keep this under three hours. So all right. So <laughs> the problem we're I at had... hour two and a half. All right. The problem I had with this movie was it didn't know if it wanted to be a sequel or a reboot. And it kept skirting the line back and forth with both. And you were supposed to like laugh along with the unfunny jokes. Um it was I, I this was a, a, a movie that could be summed up as shit or get off the pot, honestly. Do one or the other. Reboot the series or be a sequel. Don't try to be both because it was it had failed on both sides. Um they had some of the original cast members come back as different characters, and it honestly it just didn't work. Um I mean the problem is also is is Feige, he was a co-writer on this one. And he's been working with Melissa McCarthy for pretty much most of his his directorial career at this point. So he automatically cast her. Um, and you know, they cast a bunch of other Saturday Night Live. And I'm I'm fine with that. That's I didn't care that they decided to go with an all-female cast. Great. Well, actually, but can again, I put in I have to butt in real quick. Sorry to jump into your time, Trevor. But when they went full female cast, I thought that was brilliant because Peter Venkman would hire. A full female yeah, cast, yeah, absolutely. And that is so in character for him to do that. Peter Fakeman was like, "Yeah, we need four new employees. Yeah, let's get four hotties in here, and like yeah, that fits." So when I heard they were doing that, I, I was full on board until they did exactly what you said, where it's like, uh, "Shit or good off the pot." You did both badly. Yeah. Okay, continue. Yeah, so, Sorry. so I was fine with him saying we're gonna have it has main four characters for women i was fine with that um so when i went to go see it i was hoping all right this is going to be either a complete reboot you know or this is going to be you know the ghostbusters franchise has stalled and failed and these women are trying to revive it you know they purchased a franchise license or venkman you know i can see <laughs> venkman selling them a franchise license um selling them the you know and, and that's fine but when they kind of like wishy-washed it and kept doing callbacks to the original without saying, oh, no, no, but it's, 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 it's not a sequel, but not doing their own new thing as, a, as, as would in a reboot, it, I left the theater um, unhappy, not really angry, but just unhappy that you had this beautiful opportunity and you just took a giant steaming dump on it. And it was pretty much at that point I said, you know, wh whatever else Paul Feige comes out with, 
I really don't give a shit because he's proven that he can't take an existing franchise and do something worthwhile with it. Now, the movie did have some nice scenes, like the sequence where they were fighting the ghosts, trying to get to the theater. Like when um, uh, Kate McKinnon, you know, she whipped out the little pistols and just went to town on these guys. It was fun to watch. Didn't make a whole lot of sense, but it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch them just burn their way through all these ghosts. But again, the parts that, that it just felt like, you know, Feige was just kicking in the nuts and saying, you're supposed to be smiling right now. Like when you see the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man or, you know, things like that. It's like, make your own fucking movie. Stop trying to rip elements from, from a movie that was successful for your piece of horse shit. Like, make your own effing movie for once. Stop ripping off other people's movies and then claiming how such a great director you are. That was that was my takeaway from the movie. I was like, it was such, the part that made me angry, it was such a great opportunity, completely effing wasted. Again. Yeah, 100%. All right. Um, okay. Uh, Gavin, do you have anything to add about that? <laughs> well, part of my exposure to the movie was with Rotten Tomatoes being like review bombed to shit by people who have never seen the movie before. Basically taking uh, exception, like, you know, full on neck bearded incels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are taking the greatest uh, exception that how dare they put women in my Ghostbusters? I mean, it's, right. it's fucking, fucking Reese's peanut butter cups all over again. Mm-hmm. So I went in with the expectation that, okay, it can't be that bad. And so I watched it. It was fine. As a movie, it was fine. Yes, it took so many beats from the original Ghostbusters. That was fine. Like Kate McKinnon when my was wife a, was, says it's fine, it means it's definitely not fine. We're not talking. <laughs> in, we're not talking about the female sense of it's fine. I, I'm just saying it was okay. There, there was, there was nothing that I found really bad with it. There was nothing I found that was really great with it, but it was entertaining. Um, with uh, Chris um, uh, uh, Hemsworth. Hemsworth. He was. He, this, this is the first chance to really see Chris Hemsworth doing comedy and he damn well did did a great job at it like where hiring him as kind of what's that as first release was that before thor got funny what do you mean um that, that was, yeah, uh, it was before 2016 2016 yeah, is 2016. when yeah answer though answer the call was released yeah it, it was uh before the uh you know the thor's was thor was doing uh became like comedy after, yeah thor, thor, thor started doing it, yeah. with a bit more of a comedic bent yeah uh so i think this really showed his comedy chops as like in terms of like what he as an actor could do and which is why it, which is why ragnarok was so enjoyable uh but uh kate mckinnon Melissa mccarthy uh christian wig uh who else? leslie uh, jones leslie jones yeah they, they yeah. were they were fine there's there was nothing wrong with the performance it's just i think my biggest my biggest scrape over the movie was had it been taking place in the same universe as Ghostbusters, it would have been 
it would be fine. If it was like a full-on reboot, if they had basically acknowledged that this is just the original guys never happened, they would have been fine. I, I think it, I think it would have been received better. I, I didn't hate it. It, it. it didn't capture the magic of the original, the lightning in the bottle uh, uh, that uh, the 1984 Ghostbusters had. But it was okay. Uh, I mean, Ivan, uh, Ivan Raymond was behind it too. So I mean. Whatever, whatever dislike you may have, one of the, the Ivan Reitman was behind the, the as a writer, so he thought something was coming was 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 worth something out of it. So I didn't hate it. Is essentially what what uh, what I'm saying. Stop furrowing your brows, boys. Put down your pitchforks. I actually didn't know he was involved with it. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was just a producer. Uh, he was a, I believe he produced it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he was producer, but didn't write. But yeah. it, that means you could put your name on it and get a paycheck, technically. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I believe that's that's all that he was actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, so I, I'm gonna say that um, I, okay. I'm I'm a sucker for Saturday Night Live movies. Um, any sort of thing that has a collection of Saturday Night Live characters in it, uh, actors, I enjoy. Um, I am a, a big fan of Melissa McCartney. Um, I am a huge fan of Kate McKinnon. Uh, her her, her um, sort of Egon-esque character is my favorite out of it and how she is so same from Kate McKinnon how same. she is so Kate McKinnon in it um Kristen Wiig again a, a fantastic uh comedian Leslie Jones does great and like Gavin said Chris Hemsworth stole every single scene that he was in um you know that they that the a lot of the story seems to have been lost by um by trying to do some sort of improv that unfortunately doesn't look like it was edited to, uh, it was edited to hell so that the improv didn't seem as natural as it did. Um, the fact again, yes, if this had been in the Ghostbusters universe, if it was in the original 84 universe and it just happened to be they came across the plans for the Proton and then Kate McKinnon's character decided to alter it. Um, the fact that they had completely different looking um, pieces of equipment, but it still shot out the same proton stream as the original one. Okay, sure. Um, for this character to have developed all these different, like the ghost puncher and the, the shredder and the pistols. Okay, cool idea, but you're giving it to us way too fast in way too short of a period of time. Um, it didn't have the same practical feel that the original had. Uh, and again, it's the same problem that the second one had. There wasn't a strong enough story to want to have this happen again. It's kind of neat. We got a possession. We got a realization of the actual Ghostbuster logo ghost. Kind of cool. I mean, okay, I like the fact that it's a hearse this time instead of uh, an old ambulance, which is kind of neat, uh, but the appearance of the original actors in roles just 
the first the the tribute to Harold Ramis as the 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 bust in the uh, in in the uh, the the university that was very nice. Bill Murray's sequence, okay, you just released a creature which not even a ghost out of the containment unit and throw a man through a window who you don't see get taken off by the creature obviously hits the ground below and they continue on and it's like okay you just killed a man out your window what the hell is going on uh dan Aykroyd's being able to spew a line i ain't afraid to go i ain't afraid of no ghosts it's it's all the movie is very try hard and unfortunately for a lot of the points just when they do their original stuff it's quite inspiring like when they encounter when the three of them encounter the ghost for the first time in the house it's fantastic but how they handle the scenes after that like kate mckinnon getting vomited on ectoplasmically and they get that video gets put up online and all that sort of thing and like i don't it you don't you can't build to the next scene properly that encounter is fantastic the mega fight at the end, the bringing in the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man as an inflatable. Um, I'm just not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stay Puff is in this one, but he's a giant like Macy's Day Parade sort of inflatable. Like I said, I haven't that, seen this movie, yeah. but this is making me definitely not want to watch it. Yeah. Okay, keep going. It's it again. It's got its moments, and again, a lot of it is character driven. When like Kate McKinnon and Melissa McCarthy are like dueling off of each other that it looks like it's unscripted. It feels natural. And it's the two of them stumbling over each other because their characters are longtime friends that have split ways. And then they've come back just because Melissa McCartney has released this novel Kristen that Wig. the two of them, what? Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy. McKinnon. Oh, sorry. Yes, because Kate McKinnon is my favorite character of this whole entire freaking movie. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunately that it wasn't as well received as it should have. Um, I think it getting browbeaten about the like, you took, you put all these women in my Ghostbusters and all that. I'm sorry, dude. No, that's not not cool. It's not cool. Although I will counter that because it was done wrong. Oh, no, you could it totally have done was. this and it, do it right. Yeah. But it was done in such a sloppy, haphazard way to such a beloved original movie mm -hmm. that didn't respect the original content. No. So the comments mm -hmm. online, all the neckbeards, mm -hmm. um, you know, they <laughs> were criticizing it and being criticized for you know, oh, bashing because it's a female-led movie. Yeah. Everybody loves Sigourney Weaver in the first Ghostbusters. Like, you know, you know uh, Annie Potts, uh, Jenny Melnitz, how would you say her name? <laughs> anyways, yes. But anyways, people love the characters. So, and again, you could have wrote the story in a way that you could have a full female Ghostbusters team that respects the original it makes sense and don't make this into like some weird feminist agenda thing just like no just get four powerful female characters who are ghostbusters and just do that right with a good story that people can get behind it would have been fine 
So that's why it always tweaked me when I saw the reviews online. Again, I haven't even seen the movie, so whatever. But I mean, that cringed me. In all honesty, give me ten minutes, and I could have written a better story. That you know, I'm I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, if you tell me I want to read a little bit like a break. Well, if I want to reboot the story, I can do, or I want to make it a continuation. Yeah. I mean, based off what they started with 10 minutes and I could have, you know, any of us could have probably come up with a better way that honestly, A, the fans of the original would have been happy with and B, people new to the series would be happy with. In fact, I think Gavin's cat actually wrote a better script just now. Yeah, just now. Just, just, but it's, it's, to me, it's when they, you're taking an existing franchise and you're saying, I'm going to put my spin on it. There's putting your own spin on it. And then there's starting with a cohesive story to begin with. Yeah. And the problem with this one was, yeah, they could have had, you know, they, they encounter a ghost. They're like, what do we do? Search through the internet. Oh, there used to be a, a crew called the Ghostbusters. Can we contact them? No. Oh, here's a number we can call. It's about a franchise. And they get the plans for, you know, the 84 edition proton packs. Kate McKinnon says, the stuff's crap. I can easily make it better. You know, already it's the, the I'm movie already sold. Coming, Yes, yeah, I will go see that. You have, and then you know you can bring in the original. You can bring in Venkman, who's like, there to check, and he's expecting to see you know four hot college chicks because they they oh we're for all college, and he comes in and he's like, not what I was expecting, and then leaves. It just just a two second cameo of him just well not what I was expecting. But as long as the checks roll in, that's all that's all yeah, that matters. Collects the checks. Yeah, like, yeah. Tell me care. if you get into trouble. Yeah, and then you know you can you can even have Ernie Hudson running. Like you know, he he has you know that connection still being the same character. It's just after the Ghostbusters failed, he went on to, to other businesses. You know, he he has he runs a, a fleet of 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 you know maybe he's a couple of, he's he's got a you know he runs a funeral parlor and he's got that's fine. It still works, but to just say oh they're all new characters and no one's heard of the ghostbusters but then to drag all the stuff from the original movie in like the stay puff marshmallow and, and all that stuff that's when it becomes you're trying to service the fans but you're doing it in such a slap in the face way that no one's going to like it honestly it it'd be like you know like making a star wars movie like oh we're going to bring in luke but we're going to get a different actor and he's going to be completely different but it's luke and he's going oh, to build the space okay, walrus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Spruce Skyknocker. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like Luke, it's lukewarm bathwater. <laughs> Just make a new goddamn character. Like this was the problem I found with that Ghostbusters movie. The, the the actresses are very talented. I have no problem with those actresses. Kate McKinnon again. She is hilarious. Every time I see her on Saturday Night Live, you know it's going to be fun. And you could tell they were riffing, they were doing a lot of improv, but it was just the fact that, you know, when when they were in the writing stage, they're like, oh, we're going to add this, and then we're going to add this as an homage. And they needed someone to say, no, 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 no. Reboot or sequel? Yeah. It's two roads. Mm-hmm. Left or right, you can't go straight through the field. It's not going to work. So, yeah. yeah, and you're right, Trevor. It did suffer from the like at one point. It seemed like it could be a reboot. It sometimes it did seem like it was a a sequel. And yeah, and yeah, two, it just it it, it just kept not. trying to change yeah. lanes back and forth, yeah. back and forth. And you're like, pick up a, a goddamn lane and tell us the story. 
and that was the problem was they just they they kept trying to say oh let's let's call back to the film it's like no if you're if you're rebooting reboot if you're sequeling sequel don't try to do both it's never going to work yeah it never has and never will yeah all right so that being said that brings us to our modern day movie and this is um now this is a point where uh only two of us in this uh conversation have actually seen the movie and that's myself and gavin and um i think that um between the two of us i think we've both decided that we're going to keep it uh, fairly spoiler free because um a bit of a spoil a bit of a heads up is like you guys have got to see this movie i know absolutely it'll be in december yeah yeah Yeah, i got my and this is a movie that i want to see so much i'm not even going to listen to the spoiler free review on it because again this movie like the original ghostbusters is so important to me yeah and i don't want any bias i don't want to read anything else so I'm glad yeah. you guys are going to have the conversation, but I will be taking these headphones off. Okay. You, you're, you're going right now sort of thing? Are we going? Well, yeah. because, I mean, there's nothing else for us to talk about except for right. Afterlife, which was released on yeah. Friday. Well, what, what I was going to do is I was just going to drop this, the, the volume of my speakers and just give me a wave when you want me to come back in. Okay, yeah. You, you so I guess this there? is... Uh... You can be as spoilery as we thought. Yeah, yeah so go it just, for it. I, I mean, I'm, I know I'm going to see this movie, but it'll have to, it'll have to be in December, and I'm fine with that. Okay. So I've, yeah, I've avoided all media that talks about Ghostbusters. Yeah, I'm same. So I just, I, yeah, it's, I'm going to do the same. I'm, I'm going to be able to see Spider Man, but I knew I wasn't going to be able to see this one when it came out, cool. and I was like, all right, yeah. So yeah. Okay. So, yeah, just give me a wave when you want me back. All right, we'll give you yeah, we'll give you the we'll give you the double thumbs up, Trevor. We'll give you the That'll double thumbs up. You too, Mike. All right, so you can take off your headphones there, Mike. So, all right. but but bear in mind, it, just watch watch for a specific type of double thumbs up. So, because if I'm rating the movie, I might give a double thumbs up. No, no, I, never I mind. Can't hear you anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna mute myself. All Fantastic. Right. Okay, so um, between um, uh, well, Gavin, what what did you? I mean. Obviously, the way that we are talking about this movie is we don't really want to spoil it for really anyone. Now, I know that this podcast is big on the spoilers because we usually talk about stuff when a good number of us have actually seen the particular thing in mind or no one minds it being spoiled for them. So we're not. But I think that this is probably one of the things that you have to see this movie for yourself, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, My... I, I, I'll, I'll start off and mm-hmm. just say that this is basically the sequel that I wanted. Mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly what it was that I wanted. I just, I, I just knew that when I saw it, I would know if it was what I wanted. Yeah. And yeah. I, I realize this sounds like just like the worst combination of, <laughs> of just of a description possible, but uh when I when I th- when I walked out of that theater, I I realized this was the sequel that I that I needed. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have envisioned it, but it was what I needed. Yeah, um, it brought back the the, the nostalgia. Uh, I mean, like, uh, how 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 spoiler free are we? Gonna, are we are we doing with minor spoilers or uh, or does it matter? 
it's up to you you go ahead i mean just okay just from this point on there may be some spoilers for if you're listening to this podcast and while you know we're a spoiler podcast we're going to try and keep this to a minimum but you know what there are probably going to be some mild spoilers we're not going to give away huge things uh that are like anyways we're just we'll do some mild spoilage okay so when you see the trailers you know that there's the staples of Ghostbusters that are, are going to be in it. You know Ecto-1 is in there. You know yeah. proton packs in there. You know the traps yeah. are in there. Mm-hmm. You know ghosts are in there. You, you know the siren is in there. The we yes. we we Yeah. So when we we see the scene where they, they discover the proton pack for the first time. So remember when I mentioned that the proton pack, the sound of that proton pack starting up? Yes. That sound went on full bazillion yep. point one surround sound going digital surround sound. Yeah. And that sound just went right up through me like a, a bolt of electricity. And I'm sitting there going like, huh. Oh, that was a nostalgia attack. When you when you and, had mentioned that, when you had mentioned that in your review from earlier about the, uh, the seeing the movie for the first time with the full sound and all that, I was so I so wanted to say something about Afterlife at that point because the exact same thing. Yes, hearing that, feeling that all around in the yeah yeah exactly yeah. It's like holy shit that it, yeah. it, it just like I knew that that's what they 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 were they were gonna hit me overhead with the nostalgia club a lot. You, you like just the nature of the movie. You knew it was going to happen, but I was not prepared for just how how hard it hit. And it just I I I was a, I was a kid watching Ghostbusters for the very first time again. The movie starts off with musical notes from the original. This movie pulls. This movie doesn't have any um, radio drops. It has no needle drops. Um, it has, but it has all the it has all the incidental music from the original ghostbusters it is and it's so related to each scene beautifully it has the right feel and the new music that they introduce the new orchestrated music that they introduce into the music has the feel of the original stuff so it beautifully melds into it and the opening the opening music you hear as the logos are opening is the that wine sort of like opening that gives you the the feel it i mean i got goosebumps i will admit i got goosebumps hearing this seeing it on the big screen for the first time and knowing what type of ride i was in for and that basically i was i was smiling I mean, I had to have my mask on and all that, so there's no way someone could see the stupid, goofy grin on my face. But, oh, oh man, I yeah, yeah it every, every little every little step that this movie takes uh, was planned, calculated, and basically draws you in further and further mm-hmm. and further. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's very it, to me. I the I, I was mildly concerned when when in the opening sequence when you know that you couldn't actually yeah. see who it was yeah I was concerned well okay was just to, some... just to let people know that if they go back to a couple of uh, our episodes where we talked about our thoughts of what was happening at the be in the trailer how it was probably the opening of the movie 
we were correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's all uh, we're going to say about that. If you want to know what else my, we're talking about, go back and listen and then, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to try to avoid too much in this because yeah. I mean, it, it's, there's a lot of stuff that happens mm -hmm. that yeah. this, this pertains to, but I was a little concerned that you're, you, they were hiding too much or they couldn't get certain yes. rights. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that sort of sorted itself out. Yeah. Um, and the, also, also the, the cast that we introduced to, like, um, like uh, in a conversation I said with you, Gavin, the uh, McKenna Grace, who plays uh, Phoebe, the, uh, the granddaughter in the character is, oh my God, she is so fantastic in this movie. I mean, she was perfect. She was perfect. Absolutely perfect. Uh, her brother, uh, Finn uh, Wolfhard from uh, uh, Stranger Things, does a great job too as an older brother in the situation that they're in. Um, their divorced mother, uh, Carrie Coon, uh, who is the granddaughter of Egon, um, oh, sorry, is the daughter of Egon, um, is, is great. Paul Rudd's hilarious and like, Paul Rudd. Oh, he was, he's so he was so well, charming. Well cast. He's so Paul Rudd in this and all that. Um, the two other characters that they introduce, um, the girl that works at the diner, Lucky, is a beautiful match for yep. Finn Wolfhard's Trevor. They work together. And Breaking Podcast, uh, played oh, by Logan he, Kim. He, he is, was incredible. He was so, so good. I mean, and the fact that, yeah, and the fact that that everyone meshes together so well in this two-hour movie. It's a two-hour movie. That's it. You're two hours and three minutes long is this movie. And it seems like it flies by so quickly, but it is so fun of a ride. And it's so oh. it so envelops the spirit of that first 1984 movie. Oh, it absolutely does. Yeah. It absolutely does. I mean... Uh, I mean, uh, Phoebe uh, McKenna Grace. She, uh, yeah, her character just had some of the some of the best lines in the movie. She, yeah, uh, she, I mean, that is her movie. This is her movie. I mean, and, I understand why she doesn't get top billing because she's a child actor and all that sort of thing. But she is. This is her movie. Yeah, and and I mean, when uh, when you're when you when you cast a character. Or cast an, act, uh, an actor for a specific role as basically being related to, or in this case, the, the granddaughter of Egon Spengler. Yeah, you know it, especially especially for a child actor to essentially capture like almost every single nuance. Oh yeah, that made sure. Egon who he was. She she played it perfectly. Yeah, and I mean, you believed right down to your soul that this was the granddaughter of Egon Spengler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I ju it, ju it just it was it was it was just perfectly cast. Perfectly June cast. June twenty fifth two thousand and six was when this girl was born. So seeing this movie was supposed to be out two years ago. Like not no not this past summer but the summer before, and they probably would have been shooting a year before that. So this girl is like fourteen at the time, if I'm doing my math right. No, yeah. she's. Yeah. yeah exactly like phenomenal phenomenal acting skills out of this girl and i mean we've watched stranger things so we know how finn is and all that to begin with um but 
it's just oh she does fantastic and she works she even works so well with the other adult actors and all that too as well her and paul rudd work oh fabulously together and i mean paul rudd can work with anyone and make them shine as well because he's that type of actor but um yeah i mean and from the get-go this is a fun movie um i found i i wasn't in a very full theater to begin with uh because it was a afternoon show and all that sort of thing but i laughed out loud quite a few i talked out loud to myself and like oh no they didn't sort of moments and all that but i well, really her, enjoyed her, myself her corny jokes i mean they're they're they yeah. were bad but i mean they I'm were, they were, like, like, they were okay. yes but they were so good though yeah yeah and her delivery her dry oh. delivery was so ah anyways um now, uh, i what just, the, the the uh just, just the the entire plot like I was I was hoping for a little more sort of action before the resolution, mm-hmm. but I I have to say I I I really really enjoyed that ending. Yes, um, oh definitely, that had a very satisfying ending to it. Yes. Oh man, I I was tearing up. It was it was that good. I mean, oh, I, tear I was up over I was teared movies, up but... a couple of times. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, I, I got mean, I got choked up at the opening sequence. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah. But yeah, that was it was uh, it was it was yeah it, yeah. it was perfect exactly was yeah perfect. it was it was it was definitely it and I am so sorry it took so long for this movie to come out. Um, I would have loved to have seen it in a world where we didn't have to socially distance. We could be in a cram theater and no one would care sort of thing. But um, it is what it is. And I hope it does not suffer because of the situation of the world the way it is right now. Because this deserves all the love that it, it, it deserves. I mean fans and i think this is also a great way to introduce and like i can't wait until my daughter sees this movie because i've shown her the first movie and she's loved it the second one not so much um she's gotten a kick out of a couple of stuff for the for the the uh, answer the call some of the stuff is a little too scary for her because it looks a little too realistic sort of thing but she wants to go see it and i want i dude I want to dress her up as Phoebe. I want to make my daughter Phoebe. I want to make her a full-size proton pack. I want to get her an oversized overalls and like strap them down and tie her into it and all that sort of thing. I totally want to do that with her. Get her a pair of like friggin' Harry Potter glasses without the lenses in it and because she's got the curly hair to begin with. Yeah. It just... Well, you, you basically have a mini, mini me that you can... Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Dress up. For sure, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but other than that, I, I I mean, other than going into huge spoiler territory, I think it's I think we can pretty much call the guys back because I think we're pretty much yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Trevor's not even watching the screen. There he is. He's watching the screen. <laughs> there he is. Um. So there you go. Um. The only thing we recommend is that, like, definitely go see this film. See because... see the damn movie. 
see it. Yeah, see, see, it, see, it, see it. 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 Go see the movie. Go see the movie. I saw thumbs up. You saw thumbs up. All right. I thought people were mocking Trevor sleeping through that last segment. I was just eating. I wasn't sleeping. I was reading. He was reading. Yeah. No, he was 100. That, that would have been more believable that if he didn't suddenly belief. just go pies. We made pies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move on to our ah uh, yes, SMR. Yes, the good old chomping on the thing. Um. Oh. Okay. Uh, Mike, Trevor, uh, mute yourselves for uh, about uh, ten more seconds. Mute or. Yeah, just just don't listen. Just don't listen. Oh, for the next don't, okay. So I can take the headphones off. And yeah, keep take the headphones off. Tips. Yeah, there you go. Okay, we're good. Uh, so Gavin, uh, basically Adam gave me this message about uh, the movie after he found out that I had seen it as well. How does Ghostbusters do a better ending to Rise of Skywalker than Lucasfilm? Yeah, you think? Like what Lucasfilm did to and the Star Wars saga that Ghostbusters Afterlife did a better version. Hmm. That's All hard right. to say. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, I just had to get that out there. Yeah, you're good to go. You're good to go, Mike. Yes, Mike. Hello, Mike. There we go. Crunch, 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 crunch. All right, so we're going to go on to our final segment of the evening, and this is our Adam Asks question, where one of our uh, devoted uh, listeners actually has asked us quite a few uh, intriguing questions that we try and come up with intriguing answers to. And this time, Adam asks, Russell T. Davis has been called back to helm Doctor Who in the wake of recent rating slips. Jason Reitman has, uh, was called in to repair, in quotes, uh, the Ghostbusters franchise, the Ghostbusters franchise of his father, George Lucas, has been uh, called to help Star Wars TV on Disney Plus. Who are you gonna call? Which franchise was better with someone else leading? Which franchise is in desperate uh, need of returning to its roots, or would benefit from a fresh perspective? And who would that be? So that's what uh, Adam asks this particular week. So uh, what do you guys uh, think about that sort of thing? You got any ideas of what you might have to just speak up there, Gavin? Well, um, for a franchise that went off the rails in a bad way, uh, I would probably put Robocop on there. Uh, Paul uh, Verhoeven uh, did a phenomenal job at, the, at directing the first one. And uh, he, did he do the second one? I don't believe he did the second one. No, I don't think he did the second one. And we all uh, know it was, that it was directed by Irvin Kirshner. Kirshner, yes. And which kind of sucks because Irvin Kirshner did Empire Strikes Back. And then, of course, we all know about the uh, the the horrendous PG rating uh, of RoboCop three, and turned that into basically a RoboCop st uh, Strikebuster. Uh, I I think if they if they kept uh, uh, Paul, uh, if they kept uh, the original director on, I think we would have gotten a much better RoboCop two, much better RoboCop three. He might uh, like, from what I understand, it, uh, he basically took the RoboCop script and tossed it in the garbage, and then it, then his wife came came by, saw it in the garbage, had a look at it, and said, "Here, you really should look at this." 
Uh, I mean, because it's it, it's a, it's a phenomenal satire of like the corporate world, uh, like you know the uh, you know the the, the sunblock six thousand or whatever it was, you know smear a half inch layer on your skin, you'll be cancer free. Exactly, it's, and I again, like you said, yeah, Paul Verhoeven. Well, Paul Verhoeven only made the one movie. There should not have yep. been sequels. There should not have been a RoboCop two. Should not have been a RoboCop three. Um, if there wasn't a RoboCop 2 or RoboCop 3, we definitely wouldn't have gotten the reboot of Go RoboCop because there would have been no reason for it. We wouldn't have had the TV series. Um, we wouldn't have had um, the, uh, well. Animated? The animated series, yeah. We wouldn't have had the toy lines. We wouldn't have, no. If it was, if it was a one-off movie, it would have been a fantastic one-off movie. But the fact that money-making people wanted to make more money. That's how we got fast-tracked. We actually got, um, who is it? Um, Frank Miller actually wrote the second and third movie. Did he not, if I'm not mistaken? I know he had he something to do with the third movie. Second movie for sure. Yeah, he definitely- I'm pretty sure he was. Involved. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, when, but again, oddly enough, it was Kirshner that did the second movie who also did Empire Strikes Back. I mean, what went wrong there? So obviously it was somewhere along the line because we know, well, Kirshner also hasn't done that many movies. If you look at his filmography, he actually hasn't directed that many movies. And he had actually only done one or two before Empire Strikes Back and probably only did two or three after Empire Strikes Back. One of them being Robocop too. But yeah, definitely, I I believe that, uh, yes, that's, that is a, if it, if, Again, don't know if Paul Verhoeven would have continued on with RoboCop, but it would have been nice to see him continue on with RoboCop. It, I think I think it just would have been a better uh, like he, he he could have taken Frank Miller's story and turned it into something better. Mm -hmm. As it mm -hmm. was, it was okay. Like, it was just more RoboCop action, more you know, more stop motion RoboCop writing a stop yeah. motion yeah. robot cyborg. Sorry. Uh, and then you know that <laughs> RoboCop three. Yeah, plus, about that. <laughs> but he better. can fly now. Oh, he can fly now. And a gun hand. And with a gun hand, yes, exactly. Yes, the nonviolent guy with a gun hand now. Yes. Well, you guys actually tapped into something I think is really interesting, and it kind of ties into Ghostbusters. Kind of ties into everything else we're talking about. Like, what is it that makes things just connect? Like. You have a director that made Empire Strikes Back. Why didn't not that movie connect with everything else? Like, right. There's, yeah. It's some weird, it's like catching lightning in a bottle. You have different people involved in a project. Like, mm -hmm. why did the female Ghostbusters not work? You know, why did Stay Puff Marshmallow Man work, but Statue of Liberty didn't? It's an interesting thing. Yeah, if you're exactly, a film yeah. buff, you know, um, if you're a fan of the media, Boudreaux? My answer in, in single word, story. Story trumps everything. If you have a weak story, you could have the best director, you could have the best actors, the best effects, but you're only shining a turd. At the end of the day, it's still a lump of shit. If you start with a, a, a great story, a great story can bring the mediocre up and make it better. But a mediocre story is going to drag everything else down. But here's my counterpoint to that. 
it's like you can have a movie like Star Wars. I'm sure we'll be talking about this in future weeks, but you can have a movie like Star Wars that you could say has a weak story or like even something like Ghostbusters. You know, it's like, is the story really strong? Like it was executed perfectly. But oh, I see what you're getting is... at. I see what you're getting at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's it's like... Well, the thing is, is it, it comes down to the debate of what makes a strong story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've watched movies where you're like, they've got all the ingredients. This should be awesome. Yes. And it just, by the end of the movie, you're just like, what a, what a piece of garbage. Right. And then why? Like, what, what's that magic element? What's the lightning in the bottle? If you look at Thor Ragnarok, it's a completely bonkers story that was executed well, and they pushed it right to the boundary where it could be ridiculous. But it was, in my opinion, phenomenal. You know, like, what are those things? So in the case of something like Robocop, where the first one is so obnoxious and so crazy, but it's a very powerful movie. But then well, why did those sequels not quite land? Because like, I think a part of it is with Robocop, it was something that really hadn't been done yet. Mm-hmm. So it was treading new ground and people wanted to see where it went. Robocop yeah. 2 was basically, it's like you're chewing the same piece of gum again. Mm-hmm. It's not going to have the same flavor and you're yeah. going to be kind of disgusted. And by the time they chuck it back in your mouth, Robocop 3, you're like, I, I, I just want it out. I don't, oh, I, I hate don't the way know. that you said that, Trevor. No. <laughs> and you know what? That makes me think of Stranger Things. Honestly, yeah. I get the same thing from that. It's like where the exactly like what you said. The first one, it's almost like they don't know what they created. It was phenomenal. Right. And then they keep trying to stick that old chewing gum in your mouth. It's like, no, yeah. wait, it's, this is what no. Yeah, what it's, made it's, me love it. Well, part of that is is they don't understand what how it is that they got the success they did in the first one so they're assuming this is the successful portion chew this yeah and very rarely do they get the right part to, to throw back in your mouth and say hey this will be the full of the same this will be full of new flavor and you're like no no it's not so occasionally something Google, like that how can happen. i erase somebody else's statement yeah <laughs> like, like, like sometimes that does happen like a, a sequel just it hits all the right notes mm-hmm. but it's because they understand what they've created and what it is, where the appeal is, mm-hmm. and they keep that appeal going. But some of that, I mean, for, as a, for me, it's it's always been story trumps the acting. I mean, for me personally, I can't stand watching an actor just, you can tell they're just going through the motions to get their paycheck. They have no, no passion for it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, yeah, that hurts. But a strong enough story, you can at least get by it. But if you have a, a mediocre story and an actor who's just like, you honestly could have just used a cardboard cutout as a stand-in and gotten the same performance. You're not going to be, it's, it's not going to go up there in terms of a, of a masterpiece. Jeez, Gavin, your answer was really long. <laughs> <laughs> that darn cow. Jeez. Uh, I have some. Yeah, go for first it. First, question. Uh, first one, Alien, the Alien franchise. <laughs> I know. I oh, no, know. no, 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 no. Okay, you and Alien. Okay, you and Alien, because I was going to go Terminator. Okay. Yeah, for me, it's so the first one was done by Ridley Scott. Yeah. The first Alien is a great movie. Mm -hmm. It's a movie that keeps you guessing, right? No argument here. Yeah. Even upon rewatch. The second movie where they changed gears, Mm -hmm. turned it into more of an action film with Cameron at the helm. Very, very entertaining film. It's a film that 
you're it's like the roller coaster from from beginning to end and perfect for playing a role-playing game on it and you've got alien 3 yeah and then uh uh jean perret got yep jean perret resurrection and then it just it just keeps going downhill i think those like the 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 alien franchise is one that could really use if you want to get back to its horror roots you need ridley scott and that team to come back if you want to get to more of the action roots you got to like tease cameron away from avatar for for at least a little while and at least get him to write something and and maybe give some some directo- directorial notes and get back because those two like ridley scott is really good at tension like all of his movies if he wants to put tension there you can feel it it's it's palatable cameron is really good at action terminator which troy will discuss in a minute um but the rest of the films from that those two films on have just been one shit show after the other of just you know missed opportunities and and failed promises back and forth and back and forth it's like they don't know where to go with it uh, well okay i have to ask you this because david fincher is one of my favorite directors so what happened there was it the story was that because oh absolutely the story one? absolutely yeah. the, the fact that they were like we're going to start the story off by killing all the characters that survived from from the second aliens film but one yeah. that was their first mistake mm-hmm. that was a huge goddamn mistake like Prometheus was not a great film, but it was an entertaining film. Visually, it was nice. That was Ridley Scott. Alien Covenant, again, not the most entertaining film, but had some some intriguing ideas and made you want to sit through it and find out where he was going with it. Again, that's Ridley Scott saying, you want some tension? I'm going to give you a whole goddamn bucket full of tension. Yeah, he's definitely good at that. That is for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be my first pick of you need to get people back in the helm who know what they're doing with that franchise second one would be predator what the hell happened the first predator was done by john mctiernan mm-hmm. i mean arnie very entertaining film yeah the second movies also really also old... also another one that no one was expecting like it was exactly. a movie that no one was expecting predator and i showed this out... one to my kids my boys it's like you have to see predator yeah and nice. they were freaked out but they were engaged. like, yeah. And again, it's like when you're watching that for the first time, you don't know what's going to happen. Well, part of that preys upon our natural instinct of we, you throw a human out in the wild where we're not suited. We are prey. And, and, yeah. and we have that constant fear of something stalking us. Mm-hmm. Then you get Predators 2. It, the stories, I mean, the only thing that you really got out of Predators 2 was a little bit of the, the history behind some of the Predators and some of the cool weapons. That's right. about it. Yeah. Predators, we get a little learn a little bit more about them, but I felt it was cut short. They they just kind of like group of people, all soldiers or or whatnot, and we're just gonna pick them off one of them. And then we have the predator, which was an absolute waste of time. And then we have the new one coming up, uh Prey, which they haven't really divulged much out of. I'm hoping, you know they can pull this back into something interesting, but we'll see. And then for my last one, first one was directed by Rob Cohen. Had a very, um, a very understandable story, start, middle, end, and it was done. And then came the other 
nine fucking films of Fast and Furious, where they're going into space and they're jumping between buildings and hijacking nuclear stuff. What the fuck? This started with just a bunch of people in in souped up cars, stealing, stealing DVD players, from, steal yeah, stealing shit from the back of of of, of you know eighteen wheelers. Now, and they're, now there's super spies flying into space. Yeah, exact. What the fuck? What? I mean, I just it, it just like someone's like, hey, I think we turned the ludicrous bar too far, and someone's like, not far enough. <laughs> well, they actually put ludicrous in the movie, so I know, I know, but it was just it, it's like they, they they said let let's turn the fucking weird bar. We got it to eleven. Can it go higher? No. Well, let's make it go higher anyway. That's the Fast and the Furious franchise. They could have finished it with the first movie and just been done. It's a, a coherent story, start, middle, end, you're done. But after that, it just turned into the realms of the ridiculous until we have the most recent piece of garbage. And they got two more coming out. Two fucking more coming out. What's left? They go to Jupiter? Like, what the hell? That's Actually, apparently, apparently the last two movies are going to be a two-parter. So it'll be part 10A, part 10B. So, yeah. Fast 10A, Fast 10B sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so again, the the ridiculous meter just went too far. It's a, a, a move. I mean, they've, they've had a, a couple of, I mean, they got, uh, was it Justin Lin did, let's see, four, five. He'll, he'll done quite, seven. Yeah. Yeah. So he's done a lot of them. But the thing is, is it's now it's running off the same formula. And formulaic movies really don't work. They, they just don't. It's as that they could have stopped. They, they do work because they keep making them and keep making because, money. Because they the make thing money. Is, they make money because you get stupid idiots who figure, well, I can drive just as good as that. You know, I can drop 80 grand into my Honda Civic and I can be fast and furious too. And you're like, yeah, you're going to be wrapped around that telephone pole in a burning wreck in a minute. But let's 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 thin down the gene, the, the gene pool a little bit there. Throw some chlorine this franchise in. is not a sponsor of our podcast. Yes. All right, so those are my three. Yeah. You got any there, Mike? You got any you want to talk about? I do. I didn't have any at the beginning of the podcast, but oh, now you've been thinking me. about it. Yeah. So Marcus Feely. Oh. Falcon Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And Black Widow. So the <laughs> callback from last week, like all okay. the same things I said. It's like you have these incredible characters. That were written by these incredible writers that had this incredible character arc. And then Marvel Phase 4 happened. And, like, <sighs> and you know what? I think if you got those writers on this, they could have at least continued the story in a way that would make sense. That would bring out the best of the characters. I think you could have captured the essence of what the Falcon was. You know, because... It, Back in Captain America Winter Soldier, there was nothing about racism or anything like that. No, like this is just a like a paramilitary unit dude. No, he's best friends with Captain America. And, you know, he's if Captain America's out of commission, he's gonna do his best to fill in. Just like he says in the movie, it's like I do what he does, only slower. So if he <laughs> picks up the shield, it's like, all right. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, like my buddy doesn't got it. Yeah, I'm going to carry the torch. You know, Winter Soldier, you know, I'm with you to the end of the line. He could have been the next Captain America. Black Widow, again, like everything we said last podcast, 
she should have been the next James Bond. Black Widow movie should have been a female James Bond movie. All these people are craving the, the next female James Bond. It's like, you had your chance. It's right there. And Marcus and McFeely could have written that into something that could have been epic. So I would have kept them with that genre of characters and just continue the storyline. So that's my pick. Not bad, not bad. And like like I revealed earlier, um, with, again, another James Cameron, which we know James Cameron can do. He has done it in the past. Um, sometimes to great success, sometimes to mediocre success. But um, James Cameron knows how to do a story um, and intertwine great action into it. Uh, he knows how to hire proper actors to portray the characters that he wants to do. Um, like, I'll just give you a, like, like true lies. Um, you've got uh, like, like, like aliens, like that ensemble cast. He's good with an ensemble cast. Um, he has his crew of like character actors that he likes to play with. Um, but Terminator suffers from the lack of James Cameron after the second Terminator. The, 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 the fact that the third movie, which is a global scale movie by the end of it, feels like a, such a smaller movie than Terminator 2. The first Terminator takes place in a city and it feels like a small, condensed, claustrophobic movie. It's, that's the feel of this movie. The second movie brings in all this extra spectacle and extended story that you didn't even think could happen, but it's believable because of what you see in the second one. The third movie seems like a lesser movie for sure. Um, and everything beyond that always feels like an attempt to try and get back to what James Cameron did in those first two movies. The closest that I would say that comes to it is the last movie, the um, Dark, uh, Fate. Dark Fate. Um, they actually basically do a uh, Halloween uh 2018 it basically goes that's back the one with it Daenerys becomes targaryen yes it be no no that's that's genesis no, that's genesis, that's oh. genesis which is holy crap what the fuck is that yeah fate I had mean, us uh hamilton back oh, yeah okay. getting yeah hamilton back as her current age sort of thing as the kick-ass sarah connor that's lived on but we find out what happened just after terminator 2 and apparently a bunch of terminators were sent back and one assassinates Edward Furlong as he's still a kid. So Sarah has to, yeah, no. And so Sarah has to go on and whatnot. And it's, it's kind of an interesting way, but then something happens and the, the, someone else becomes the chosen one to fight alongside John Connor because John Connor is now killed. Someone else takes up the mantle, right? So this next person who they send a Terminator back to try and kill, they have a hybrid human and Terminator as her protector and this ultra version of the T-1000, whatever it's called, comes back to fight them and all that. And then they team up with Sarah Connor. Awesome. And then, is it 18? 
1,800 is 18,000. Yes, it's a T18. 2,000. No. 2,000, is it? Anyways, but, but I mean, it still fumbles. It's nice to see this stuff that it, it has the spirit of the James Camerons. It just doesn't have the James Cameron direction to get to a James Cameron Terminator and all that. Um, you go into the Christian Bale Terminator movie. That's no, you, you don't do future war. Dude, the Sarah, Sarah Connor Chronicles TV series did a much better job than any of the other movies to come after Terminator 2. Never watched that. It, you know what? It's actually, I mean, it's no longer canon. It's no longer canon for sure. But if, if you want to watch from basically Terminator 2 and then start watching the Sarah Connor Chronicles, it's a really great story and all that. Especially the fact that it's Fox Television that did it for two seasons. Yeah. Um, but um, again, without that was with Firefly Girl, right? Yes, exactly. As the Terminator, as the yeah. actual female Terminator that helps John Connor, which is kind of neat. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I would definitely say without James Cameron in both writing and directing the Terminator franchise is not really worth it and it would be nice to see him i mean you're probably not going to get a james cameron terminator movie from him again because he's off in avatar world he's at the bottom of the sea in his submersible. yeah exactly or four yeah um whenever those are coming out because yeah um yeah i'm making seven new uh (laughs) seven new movies and no i'm making four okay four sure come on james yeah. Who can actually remember any major plot point in the Avatar movie? Uh, uh, like, well, just remember well, Pocahontas. Yeah, I was just about to say uh, Color of the Wind, uh, as well as. <laughs> <laughs> that's a point they sing Color of the Wind. And yeah. Wasn't there a raccoon in there somewhere? Something I think like Ed 209 showed up at one point. Yeah, yeah. But again, yeah, that would be so much better. But he I mean, sank. Now, I can't think of anything that that is currently could be turned around sort of thing. Cause it's kind of hard. Once something's already done, you can't yeah. really, I mean, first of all, if anything has gone so downhill that you're trying to bring someone in to save it, you're already in a uphill yeah. battle and it's going to be. It worked for star Wars. Yeah. No, it, I mean, there are exceptions to the no. rule. Yeah. I mean, you got your original trilogy. You got your prequels. You got your sequel. I mean, it's yeah. But again, sequels. What sequels? Look, look. You got to give. You got to give George all the credit because the prequels were George. Those were George's movies. He made what he wanted to make because he funded it all. He. It was all him. He I'm wanted not going to do... go into all of this. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's three in the morning, and we can yeah. talk about this later like because I have lots to say. However, yeah. However, I do think that the team that he had around him, that original trilogy, yes, again, it was that lightning in the bottle. Yes, exactly. You know, the yeah. fact that you have someone like Harrison Ford saying, "George, you can write that, but you can't say that." Yeah. Go you know, back when it's your first movie. Yeah. You got to listen to what the actors are saying. You're like, okay, well, say it the way you want to. But then once you've created the biggest entertainment franchise of all time, and if people just say, I don't like sand, 
maybe you should have said that. No, people don't say that. You might have been able to say something better. Yeah. So, I don't know. well, I mean, part of that's also with the success of Star Wars, by the time the prequels rolled around, he had enough yes men around him who would just yeah, happily exactly. say, yeah, that's, would, that's yeah. great. That's great writing, boss. Absolutely. Yes. And then run over and tell Aiden, you've got to say this. No <laughs> right. change. You say it exactly as he written on the, the right. scan. Say it just as he wrote yeah. it. Right. Where Again, that's the, another reason why we're all looking forward to seeing the Obi-Wan series on Disney+. Plus. Right. That's what I'm saying. You might be able to turn it around. Exactly. Yeah. Well, see, that's the other thing, too. We we have seen the people come in and turn around Star Wars because of Mike, what just Mike said, because Disney Plus has turned around Star Wars. I mean, just Mandalorian is all you really have to say. I mean, there you go. All right. So on that note, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Unless anyone else, anything else to say, I think we're going to call it an end of a show because, yes, no one else is no one else talked. No one else say a thing. We're done. We're out of here. And you know what? We're just going to end it right here. We want to thank everyone for listening. And again, another long one, um, even though we've chopped the show in half, still a long one because we like to talk. <laughs> and uh, so on that note, on the count of three, we're going to say our collective goodbyes. And then uh, we will see you guys in the next episode. So thanks once again for listening. And in three, two, one, collective, collective goodbye. Yes, have some. You've just been listening to Geeking Off the Page with your hosts, Mike Kitchen, Gavin Burbage, Trevor Brown, and Troy Bowman. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Also, if you could leave us a rating and comment, that would assist in allowing others to find this podcast more easily. You can follow the podcast on the following social platforms. Instagram and Twitter, search for at PlanetGeekPod, all one word. On Facebook, search for Planet Geek Productions. Or you can send us an email to PlanetGeekPod at gmail.com. Buy the guys a coffee by going to Kofi, K-O-F-I, dot com slash planet geek pod and know that any and all donations will go towards improving all current and future planet geek productions programs thank you for listening